Alright, welcome to Critic Apocalypse episode 204, I think. I don't fucking know. I haven't pressed the button. Anyway, we're back 204. Again. Is it 205? 205? What, what, how many have we done? 214. So back once again with the Renegade Master. B-Boy's down with ill behaviour. I knew he was going to do it. I knew you were going to do it, Anne. Well, of course I do. I know this is how I get you to interact. <laughs> This is it. Just from pop culture references from the 90s. Because you don't know what you're saying. Anyway, for fuck's sake. Um, welcome back once again. Um, and I was just sick out my arsehole. So that's something. I did a... It was going running. Got to three and a bit K. I was like, I'm just going to do till five. It could be a nice easy evening. I'm not going to run mm. too far. Mm. And then what happened? Mm. I got a gurgling mm. sensation in my tum. Mm. My rum tum mm. tug had started going. Something's mm. happening down here. So I clenched my butt butt and I got back home. Yeah. I had a five minute conversation with my girlfriend. And at the end of the conversation, I said, I'm really going to have to cut this short. I've got to go and visit hell on earth and explain to her that I need to go be sick out my bum and I'll sick out my bum. And that's how you know a relationship's really going to endure the difficult times. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anne, it's episode 214. How you doing? How you been? Uh, How you feeling? Yeah. Are you feeling like you could have a CGI DH version of you fight Nazis at some point on a train? No, what? That's anyway, not a thing that happens. What are you on about? Two hundred and fourteen episodes out, and here we are talking about Indiana Jones and some other bits and pieces. Are we? Well, you are anyway. Um, Am I? Yeah, because you're going first this week. But before you go first, have we got any news? Got any news, Ant? No, news. Suicide Squad Kills the Justice news. League is still delayed indefinitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't realise that was delayed. Yeah. Um, that's exciting, isn't it? We got, had a Nintendo Direct. It got delayed, like, right I know after it got they delayed did, a long time ago. I didn't realise Right after they did we... the big live gameplay thing. Really? Yeah, they showed was it that off. soon? It was, like, right after it. They did, they did it. And we're going on about how it's coming soon, and then like a day later, they're like, "Yeah, we're delaying it." Was it because of the microtransactions? And everyone thought it looked rubbish. Oh, okay. So I mean, King Shot was running around shooting a gun, like yeah. Captain Boomerang didn't throw a boomerang. Once. He just had a gun. Like, remember Captain Boomerang with the power of gun? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I only found out about that recently. But Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct. They shadow dropped Pikmin One and Two. No, that was that was no. fun, like a HD remake of Pikmin One and Two. No, uh, they no. spoke about we're finally getting a Metal Gear Solid collection with the original trilogy on on Switch. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to pick that up. Mm. We finally got back Batman games. Yeah, we're getting the Batman games on the Switch, but not the Armored Edition, which is a Wii U exclusive. You'd expect they put that on there, but no. was there wasn't anything different, was there? Yeah, it was like all like weird upgraded shit and an extra little story bit. Yeah, nothing super interesting. No. But, um, but yeah, bit of a shame we're not getting that. And also, it doesn't come with Arkham Origins. It just comes with the free Rocksteady games, doesn't it? Yeah. Night, City, Asylum. I remember stuff. Shut up, yeah, man. They never put Origins with these. No, I know. It's a bit of a shame, though, isn't it? Because that's quite a solid game. It's not canon. Good to hear your opinions on these things. Thank you. It's not canon. It's not canon. No, it's not. not canon. It's not. They don't make it canon. It's not. No. It's not canon. It's canon. What else did they announce during the Wii U? The Switch Wii U? I don't know. Still no Metroid Prime Two remastered. 
It's only been months since the first one came out. We're gonna have... It's been like months and months and months. It was, it was literally a few months ago. It's not even it? six months yet. Oh, is it not? Okay. No. But it sold really you're well. In, you're impatient. Yeah. Anyway, so and impatient. you're reviewing first Jeez. this week, so you might as well fucking do it. Did someone die? Did anyone die? You did. Anyone die? You did. No, anyone die? Any like any like any any stuff happen? Did anyone die? Did anyone die? I mean, recent celebrity deaths. I'll oh, Google celebrity it. deaths. Oh yeah, like I'm not talking about like the thousands of people who died. Yeah, that would take you way too long. You can't you can't cover them all. Coco Lee died. Who? The woman from Mulan. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Coco Becker. Melon. Do you know what I found out? You know Blippi? Yeah. Children's entertainer Blippi. Um, Liverpool Football Club have signed him on as a new mascot for kids and stuff. Or at least probably one of his doppelgangers. He has doppelgangers now. He has doppelgangers now? Yeah. The, do they the real Blippi, their face? The real Blippi doesn't do all the videos or the live shows. Oh, he's got doppelgangers. But I went I went to show some of the guys at work his classic Harlem Shake video. Where he shits on his friend's face. Yeah. And I found out that he did a video with the Harlem Globetrotters. And I think he did that to try and get to rid force of the video. The Harlem Globetrotters thing to appear in searches first. Alan Arkin died. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good in loads he of stuff. He made some films. Yeah. Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. You seen Rocketeer? Yeah. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Glenn and Gary take Ross up his sweet ass. I fucking love Zack and Mary make a porno. It's a good film. People mm. don't like it, but it's a good mm. movie. Mm. It's a good ass movie. Oh. Um, but yeah, Alan Arkin sadly passed away. How old was he? Like 91? I mean, yeah. That's old people, that's what happens. Yeah. Just think, you're, you're, you're not far off that. Yeah, I've only got like 60 years to go. Yeah. Shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Only 60 years. Yeah. You should think anyway. about it a lot. How, how many years have you got, Anne? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Three, Max. <laughs> do we count them in? We count them in, in ant years, or do we count them in human years? No, I'm just... I'm not going to get to 90. I'm not going to get to 90. <laughs> not unless I drag you to it. We're still doing the podcast at 90. <laughs> By that point, it'll be sincere. When I ask you what you've been up to, you'll be like, I haven't done nothing, I'm 90. <laughs> I breathed and tried not to die in my sleep. Still be trying to keep up with the latest Marvel shows. (laughs) 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 Miss Marvel's a black woman now. (laughs) You know what, though? By that point, we'll just be able to steal all the taglines from those weird incel boy, like, fucking, what is it, the quartering. We'll be able to steal all their taglines from the videos. Brie Larson's Miss Marvel. Some other shit that he says. Dumb cunt. Um, all right, and your review. You're first this week. Go. Oh, R.I.P. Alan Arkin and all that. And Coco Lee. Who else has died? I'll keep looking at dead people. You just... You just yeah, you just love yeah, looking at dead going. people, yeah. Tina Turner died. That was weeks ago. George Tickner. Who? Hey? Uh, he, um... Of a lifetime, Mystery Mountain. You know that that list is going to be, like, American football players and shit, man. None of us are going to know... Who they are. Oh, she was in like... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and Runaway Bride as well. Who? She did songs on their soundtrack. Who? Uh, Coco Lee. I t- why are you back on Coco Lee now? Oh, I'm sorry. All right. You're, you're, I don't you're, know who Coco Lee is. Your first review, mate. Go. I don't know every celebrity. No, it's your first review. Go. i got room for 12 celebrities. Oh, Robert De Niro's nephew died. Grandson. Grandson died. Oh, that's a happy... What? Why? Who is Robert De Niro's grandson? His name... Is Vin Diesel. Was Leonardo 
De Niro Rodriguez. That's a bit extra. Yeah, you got nothing to say about that? Cool, moving on. Oh, Julian Sands' body was found. That was sad. The warlock. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, He's been missing since January, though. I think we spoke about it before, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Um, but I think they by that point people would assume that what ha- was happening. He was like an avid climber. He like did loads of like solo climbs and stuff. He's like a really interesting guy. Just just must have slipped to hurt himself and then that's it. Scary, scary stuff. And your review. Talk about something light hard, will you? <laughs> Even this out, will you? Before I start reviewing me being sick out my arsehole in our toilet. <laughs> There's a toilet paper right there. Yeah, it's alright. It's, right, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. The stuff upstairs is fucking... It holds up, doesn't it? The stuff mm. upstairs like takes a beating. It really doesn't just fucking tear. Right, anyway. right, I need to fill some time then. Yeah. Um, i got this little blue guy. Where was his name? Beach- I almost bought you a Transformer. Beachcomber. Should we talk about the fact I almost bought you a Transformer? Almost, doesn't it? I went to the entertainer in Guildford. Yeah. And they had the little ones for £6, which I believe that's one of. No, he's not six quid, he's no he's like twenty something quid. But they had they had some for the six pound the smaller ones. And they were in the evolution packaging that you usually get the blue one, like that stuff. And uh, just a little one. And they had Optimus Prime and they had like a manta ray looking dude. You mean the bomb burst, he's over there and Oh you've already got him. Yeah. That's good, I didn't treat you then, isn't it? Shut the yeah. fuck up, move on. Next review. <laughs> no, sorry. This is Beach Coma. Oh yeah, what's he do? He's a he turns into a dune buggy. Oh, sweet. But he also, he's a nice little figure. One of the mini bots originally. Yeah. But now they're, like a robust they're bigger. But um, no, he's quite good. He's got no gaps. Look, they went to the effort of making sure there's no gaps in him, right? But what's really special is for the first time in years, a mainline Transformer figure has rubber wheels. Was they it? haven't done rubber wheels for years. It's always plastic. Is that because they uh, they degrade over time? No, they just haven't done them for ages because they're probably more expensive to make. But they were like, no, let's let's do rubber wheels again. And they're pinned, so they spin nicely. Oh, nice. But as a bonus, they even made a little tiny rubber parakeet. You see the little tiny rubber parakeet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tiny little rubber parakeet. Because in one episode of the show, he, there's a little bird that he talks to for a little bit when he's musing on um, the nature of war, because Beachcomber is a pacifist. Oh. And he finds a lake, a gold lake, that has this liquid that like makes him people invincible. And the Decepticons stumble across it, and then the Autobots stumble across it, and they both cover themselves in the gold liquid, and they destroy the entire area, having their war, until they basically get bored and leave. And Beachcomber's like, you fucking assholes. Is there, like, is, is there any sort of, like, reflection on what that means to the world? No. No, Beachcomber at the end just sits there, and he's like, what the fuck have they done? What is war? No, all Who this is war. it good for? And the Paradise Parakeet is like, cop. But he's going, he turns into a little dune bug and they've done it really well and he's really neat and he's he can you can you can extend him a little bit and his head disappears because that's how his head hides away. But um you know what? Nice figure. It's full of articulation, it's got good joints on him, you can get him into some crazy poses. And you know what? This is what I like. I like the figures that you can transform in like thirty seconds. Because, mm. you know, it's good. It's easy to fiddle with. This is the sort of thing a small child could handle. Um because you know the problem with children, they they don't know how to transform shit, do they? I thought you were going to say notoriously small hands. Yeah, cabbage smell like cabbage. Do they? Yeah, hmm. carny circus folk small hands smell like cabbage. Eat chickens. Um, but no, he's 
good fun. He's, he's a good fun little figure. And, and they haven't done a beachcomber for a bit. And I like these mini bots because they've done a few of them recently. They did. There's been a bumblebee and a cliff jumper. Yeah, they were the original mini bots. Is cliff jumper, the one they have to keep an eye on. No, around scissors. No, he's the one who gets killed and everything. Every time they bring him, he turns mm. up and gets murdered. He was played by the Rock in Transformers Prime. <clears throat> really? Yeah, in the cartoon. Wait, the Rock did a voice in Transformers Prime? Yeah. Was that before he was famous? That was like 2012. Okay, so before he was like the biggest actor in the world. Um, it might have been like 2009, because it was around the time the first film. Okay. A little bit after the first film came out. But um, no, so he's a little beach cat, so you have to transform that in seconds. Did we ever talk about your... Your feelings around the Transformers series, the film series. Well, I've, I've, I must have reviewed something on it. You reviewed Rise of the Beast separately, and I believe you reviewed Bumblebee yeah. separately. But did you, did you ever like talk about your feelings around the Transformers movies? My feelings. Your feelings around the Transformers. My, fe- movies. my feelings around the Transformers movies. I don't have feelings. I, but I, if any feelings I have, I bury them down. You bury them deep down inside. Yeah. You tuck them in. Yeah. You put them to bed. Yeah. You can say night-night to them. But this is a little dune buggy. Oh, there it is. The little dune buggy. You know what? Of all the toys you've got, that is definitely the most that looks like a dune buggy. Yeah, it's nice. It's got little seats. Yeah. You can put the parakeet on the on the back and you can ride. Yeah. Isn't that nice? A trays can can ride in there and avoid the sandworms. Yeah, and it rolls nicely. Yeah, because it's a dune buggy. You can't spin it. No. rubber wheels. Yeah, and it's a dune buggy. But you know what? For 20, 20 something quid, it's too expensive. Um, <laughs> Don't like, buy. Transformers are too expensive. Yeah. Um, so is food. Then you sort this food thing out so I can afford more Transformers. Yeah, food and Transformers. Two of the things that have notoriously gone up in price. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Freaking out. Well, it's because well, they're Was it 190 quid for a Titan class now? Like a couple of years ago, they were 150. Like these guys, these were like 18 quid a couple of years back. Well, 25 quid. We can... But at least you're getting rubber tyres on it now. That's nice. Maybe they'll bring back chrome freaking plating and stuff like that. That'd be quite nice. But I, I like these ones that you can transform really simply. I had Warpath, who's a similar sort of... From the similar idea. He's like one of the small guys. But he was a bit complicated, and he's not mm. as fun. But this guy, fun and simple. I've had a few this year like this. There's Needle Nose over there. He's, he's a jet guy. And he takes like four seconds to transform. His transformation is basically the same as the original toy. Just swing his legs around and lie him flat and put the nose cone down. Friggin' simple. I like that stuff. Because I've had a little kid came in the store once with a hound. And he had him in car mode. And the dad said it took him all evening to figure out how to transform it. And I and I was like, oh, can I have a go on it? And I just transformed it into robot mode. I've never had a hound. Before, a hound. Never had that figure. The, was this, was the, this in CX or Toys R Us? In CX. I've never had that hound figure. Do people just... come in often with toys or there were toys to show you out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, he, he didn't know how to transform it. And so I went, Oh, let me have a go of it and it took me like thirty seconds. Um I hadn't I haven't had the figure, never seen the instructions. Did you then did you then tell the kid that he's said, low IQ? Nah, yeah, yeah. And, said, and dad was like, Oh, that took me all evening and I was like, Would you want me to turn it back? And, he's, and the kid was like, No. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted it in robot mode, he's had it in vehicle mode all night and he's been scared to transform it. You know, and you broke it for him. I transformed him into robot mode. I yeah. want that hound figure. To, they need to re-release that hound figure so I can have one. Is it? Oh, is it like something that you can't get now? Well, it was out a few years ago, but it was like a Cybertronian one, and I oh, want right. one that's like a proper Earth Jeep. Oh, and okay. they they announced they were going to do it, and then it just vanished, never got released. Hmm. They're bringing out a figure based on Rescue Bots soon. I can't wait. The little show for toddlers. They're oh, doing right. they're doing okay. a they're doing a figure like this for toddlers, but based on one of the characters from the toddler show. 
Wait, are they doing it for adults or is it for toddlers? For adults. <laughs> do adults watch that show? I mean, if they got kids, they probably do. Yeah, but that show was written by Zig, the guys who wrote Zig and Zag. The guys really? behind Zig and Zag. Do you remember Zig and Zag? Yes, I do. Language? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a weird. I mean, show. The, the Rescue Bots is like the longest running Transformers show. It went for like seven, six, seven years. Jesus, like, that's longer than any Transformers series has ever gone. That doesn't sound right. It sounds like Transformers mm. series should have gone on for very, very long. Well, usually time. about three years max. Jesus. But um, yeah, Rescue Bots has got you know because there's going to be loads of little kids. So that show started like ten, fifteen years ago, almost something like that. Was what was the what ten was years the, ago? What was the weird show that that I had like a. I had in my head, and we found the trailer for it. it was the one with the kid where he found the bugs that had the upside down, the egg timer in their stomach, and then like he had the magic box and he put stuff in it and it made bugs into the creepy crawlers. Creepy crawlers, yeah. no creepy that was crawlers. A cartoon to advertise the weird. Yeah, I know. Thing, it was just it? a cartoon to sell. Wasn't toys the creepy there. crawlers like you made sweets? Wasn't it or something? Yeah, it made sweets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's unhealthy. You wouldn't catch me eating copious amounts of sweets. Yeah, my dinner tonight was four chocolate donuts. Jesus Christ. I couldn't be asked to cook dinner. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I was anyway. too busy being sick on my bum. Um, Legacy Beach Coma. When it's knocked down in price, inevitably buy it. Yeah, how much do you reckon it'll go down to? I mean, they, there's always, these always end up on sale. Uh, it's not, I, like, I like a dune buggy. You like a dune buggy? Yeah. You like a little dooney buggy? I mean, the, the, the front grill thing is quite clearly a gun. It's not particularly well disguised. They could have done a bit better with that, but... He moves properly. He's he looks like Beachcomber from the original cartoon. He's the right colours because they sometimes do a bit too bright. Mm. I would like. I mean, what if they did a G two colour version of this? The G two toy was like a chrome green. That would be pretty nice. That would be pretty nice. But um, I want more like this. Ones I can transform in no times at all. Because I've got an abundance of figures around here that right now how, that take me like half an hour to transform. That is how the it's robots in disguise. Hmm. It's the robots that are in the skies. Oh, robots in the skies. Anyway, you review something. That was I had to fill some space there. Fill some time. You had to fill some, some space, some, did yeah, you? Fill some time. So good job, mate. Yeah, good if job. you could. Okay. All right, my review, my first review this week. I played Metroid Prime Remastered. Dan. Metroid. Metroid Prime Remastered. Um. I completed it. Yeah. Yeah, completed it, oh, mate. That came out... Didn't you review that weeks ago? No, I didn't. You reviewed it. Oh. And I, did, I didn't I did review it, because I said, I can't wait to play this, but I've got other stuff to play, and I was completing another game. Yeah. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Finally completed Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, so I moved on to Metroid Prime Remastered. Well I completed Metroid Prime Remastered. It's a very good game. I'll tell you what, like... All the Metroid games, including Fusion, because I completed Fusion recently as well, like, all of them just hold up so fucking well. They're just so good, aren't they? Just, like, that game doesn't feel aged. Metroid Fusion? No, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime. It doesn't feel like it's an old game with a new liquor paint. It feels like it's, apart from the strange controls, like, it feels like a game that could have been made recently. You can change the controls to dual stick. Can you? Yeah, did you play it like the... Single stick, controls, yeah. Yeah, you, the there's a dual stick control option. Oh, is that? Oh, I could have Yeah, I was playing it like that. Yeah. Well, I played it... Played it still it. has the lock-on function and everything. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. two sticks yeah. to turn. Oh, well, I did not do that. I played it with the... Whatever the original one was. Did you at least plug in... Use the a GameCube controller on it? I have a boxed GameCube controller no. for my copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, along with the GameCube adapter for the Switch. Yeah. I did not use either of those. That was really... Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I've got the N64 controller. Yeah, you do. I've used um, it like twice. So Metroid, <laughs> Metroid Prime, <laughs> Metroid Prime Remastered um, is fucking amazing. It's a really good game. I completed it when I was a kid. I, for some reason, did not remember anything and like it, like in the run up to the end boss. But then once I got to the end boss, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. It was like a weird, like... Only 90s kids can remember it normally. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. problem. Um, yeah. One of the one of the nice things is that, like, you get used to that map. Despite the fact the map is not great for actually navigating, you get used to the actual layout of everything really well, I've easily. I've always thought the map on that game is really easy to understand. Really? Yeah. I think my problem is that it doesn't really connect the lifts that take you to the different areas. It just tells you the name of the different areas. your imagination. Areas. Anyway, anyway, um, really fucking solid game, and you can pick it up for like twenty five quid now. It's a fucking bargain. It's a great game. I really enjoyed it. It's like it is a Tom Atkins. It's just it's near enough like a perfect little shooter. Like hmm. the scanning mechanics, really fun, and like I think there are a couple. Like I said, there are a couple of things about the controls that that got to me. But other than that, it could just be the control method that I picked. In all honesty, but other than that, like the game is just so solid and so fun, um, yeah. and just really enjoyable time. Really, really good. Metroid Prime. Did you get to the bit with the Metroids? Yeah, I killed Metroid Prime. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's not any nice. He, killed Ridley. One of the other things as well, the bosses aren't really a struggle. Like, there's no real, like, super challenging bossing it, bossing it. But I think kind of just getting to those bosses, getting to the... Like, it's not really about the challenge of it overall. I think it's mm. more just the actual playing the game. It's just fantastic. Everyone kept saying the bosses in Metroid Dread were really difficult, and I think, like, I usually died once and then beaten the second time. I think the only ones I had problems with were the Emmys. Oh, but they're, they're chasing the you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's just more of a memory. You yeah, figure it is, out. yeah. I mean, generally, just find a long corridor and shoot them as they come over a, a lump. <laughs> yeah, other than that, like, just Metroid Prime Remastered, just fucking phenomenal. Um, which is why I mentioned I can't wait for the sequel to be... Because it didn't really sell well when it originally I came. I thought two and three was just going to be a straight port. That's what I thought, but yeah. they still aren't coming out yet. The Pikmin one and two is like a straight port, isn't it? Well, it's HD though, isn't it? Yeah, but it was, it's up-res. It's just the. Wii I don't know version. if they've done the textures. Is no, the thing? It's just the Wii version ported to to Switchy doo doo doo, isn't it? I thought it was actually up up-resed. Yeah, but I mean, it's still going to play in a higher resolution. It's it's easy to up-res 3D stuff. You just you know let Increase it re- the... let it render at a higher resolution. The textures will be fine, like, you know, they'll render out cleaner with better filtering and everything. Yeah, that's, that's how it is, that's what the thing is with the PS5, isn't it, when you got the PS1 games on it and they just let them render at 1080p. Yeah. So all the PS1 games look friggin' weird, because they got, like, super sharp edges with, oh, like, yeah, I remember that, yeah. low-res everything else. It was even that where they did that horrible smear effect. Yeah. Yeah, okay, but yeah. I'll smear you in a minute. Um, Metroid Prime Remastered, if you've never played it before, it's just fucking phenomenal. Really, really worth playing. And your review? Uh, your review? Yeah. Your review? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I've got a Transformer here. Which one? What's his name? This. What is this thing? This is... Is that one of your trains? Yeah, it's a train. That's how you say it in Scotland. Um, this is um, Masterpiece Suiken. Yeah. Suiken. Right, and uh, he's the arm. He turns into an arm, and a train, and a man. But um, this is the first one that I can connect to one of the other trains for the combined mode. All oh, right, Just, I haven't there. done that yet. But because um, I've got the other three in train mode, and I don't want to transform because <laughs> it takes too long. 
because um, you know how Beachcomb is like nice and quick and simple. These guys take too long. But you know what? This is the closest to being simple any of these have got. Because like this whole backpack here, right? This whole backpack like just comes off. And that's like a whole other section. Mm. In the combined mode, that forms like a thing that attaches to the leg. It's like a mortar cannon launcher thing. But you can take the whole backpack off. And the robot itself is actually pretty straightforward. You just straighten his legs up and stuff and tidy it all up a bit. And there's a little bit of fiddling and finagling you have to do up here. But otherwise, straightforward, nice, simple transformation on him. That's right. Um, you can also, if you want to be crazy, right, you can turn his arm, his head around and give him a hand for a head. <gasps> uh, because that's where the hand's hidden. Oh, right. right. Yeah, it's hidden in He's his head. A hand for a head. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> but it's quite neat that you can take the backpack off because the backpack does get in the way of a lot of stuff and if you take it off you've got you know a little bit more posability I guess you know isn't that nice mm. but um, yeah he's alright he's got there's got some little problems with him little things that are a bit a bit irritating here and there like he um, oh god I can't turn it I'm turning his head wrong but um I'm, I'm there you go like when I was getting back into train mode um, the arms have to fold up in this very specific way. There's like, there's hinges upon hinges and hinges and hinges in the arms. They go all over the place. Hmm. Good for posability, but when you turn them into train mode, it is like an absolute nightmare to remember exactly which way they're meant to go. I had to go find um, Takara Tomi's video where they show how it transforms and look for the bit where they've got him transforming from train mode and look for how the arms were hmm. so I could get an idea. Because you have to get them right to get all the Bits that turn into the train cabin. Complicated figure. But there's not much in the way of, like, having to move tiny little bits just to make a tiny little bit look flusher. There's, like, there's like a little... There's, like, one of the bits that raised up on the roof you have to fold inside the leg. You have to fold away a bit of the door so the feet sit flat, but... That's it. Nice and simple. You know, like, there's no... Like, the last one I had, Yukikaze, the legs... I hate the legs on that. The legs were an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Like, there's like half the train's really long on Yukikaze, but they have to sort of make him roughly the same size in robot mode yeah. as all the others. So, the legs on him are like five sets of panels that all concertina up and flip around each other, and they only hook in like two little places, and they're constantly popping apart. This guy's got like this little bit, there's a little flap on the side. You just fold that down, open the legs up, move the leg up, close it, and that's it. That's all you do. It's nice and simple, and it holds together. And if you want a bit more knee bend, you can just move back a little bit at the back and you get a little bit more knee bend. It's a good figure. The one bit I'm worried, wondering about, though, is when you want to combine him, the combiner ports are actually in his knees, the bits that combine into the shoulder. And I can't open them without using my scissors. Mm. <laughs> They're really tight. And that's probably good. But they're in here. You have to flip out his knees and they clip into the shoulder like of the, Robocop. the big one. But I can't, I can't open it. It, break, it breaks my nails to try and open it. Mm. That hurts. Mm. So, you know, maybe they could have loosened that up a little bit. But that's fine. It's fine. One thing he does have, wicked ab crunch. Well, he, can, he can properly go for it. <laughs> he can tilt to the side and all sorts. Like, but that's for the elbow mechanism for the combined mode. Um, But good for him. Posability. Off the, cha- off the, off the charts. Let's get him straight again now because he looks a bit weird when you do that. Um, he doesn't come with a million accessories. That's nice. He's got a big gun for riding, but that gun kind of falls apart. 
um, the gun comes in three parts. You're meant to like customize how you want the gun to look by connecting the parts together, mm. however you want. They just they keep popping apart. I'll probably leave that. Raiden comes with a sword as well, so I'm just going to give him the sword. One of the other, the next figure comes with the sword for Raiden. I was going to make a Mortal Kombat joke, but I, I just don't have the energy. No, don't have no. the energy. No, I'm using it all to keep my shit in my body. No, I don't shit on my bed. I'm not so. going to shit on your bed. Yeah. I shit around your bed. Oh, actually, a major low point. He, he has got the world's flattest bum. That is a f- the flattest ass any Transformers yeah, ever yeah, had. That's America's. And there is a little that. hole right in the middle of it. There's a little little hole. No, a little waist hole. Yeah, just doing some shit. And his finger is like right over it. His big hmm. thing. His big finger. Um, the next figure that's coming is called Cezanne. And he's basically the same figure in different colours. Nice. Um, I guess they got a bit lazy with the arms, I guess. Um, the legs were a bit trickier. They couldn't just copy one leg to the other one and make it just a retool of the other. Because like, one of them's a massive long bullet train, the other one's a small carriage. Um, so I guess they had to do a lot of clever engineering to make sure the leg bits end up the same size. But you know what, he's all, he's all right. So he's got a good head on him. He's got a bright orange head. Does a little shimmy forwards. For some reason, um, but you know he's he's all right. All right, 130 quid. Jesus Christ! Cheapest one out of the lot so far. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God! I spent 180 on the last one. Fuck's sake! The last one's 140 quid, but they're doing a box set which comes with flight stands for all the characters. Oh, does it? Um, a different sword and some extra bits and bobs, like a flight stand for the combined mode and everything. Yeah. So I'm like, I might as well pay the extra and get that. Yeah, of course. And the box can fit all the other boxes inside it. So that's storage. You know when I asked you, like, when I said that I save money, and you say people don't have savings anymore? Yeah. I'm seeing the reason why, Ad. <laughs> no one has savings anymore. <laughs> they invest in Transformers. It's an investment. Cool. Look, cool. man, okay, Slur- one Slurp Juice can get you one eight, right? So when you've got Three slurp juices and one thingy. That's three new apes. Okay. This is a great. You back on the crypto trade. This is a great opportunity for ape lords and special forces. Look, we all know that crypto is not a scam. Wink, wink. And we all know that's like a valid way of spending money. Have you ever listened to when someone paid the guy who voices Master Shake on Aquatine Hunger Force to read that out? No. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> I have to listen to it. It's Dana Carvey, isn't it? No, it's not Dana Carvey. What's his name? Your mum. Dana. Um, his name is Dana something. Because he's also in Venture Bros. I can't remember where it is. Someone did the video. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Here we go. Is it this? I don't know where someone put it. Dana Snyder. Dana Snyder. Yeah, he's the guy who does the voice of Master. He was also he was a devil in your preface going to hell, and he also plays the magician, the Doctor Strange. No, not the Doctor Strange. He's like the Wong ripoff in uh, and uh, in um, Venture Brothers. Anyway, um, is it my review now, Ant? My review of thing, could be all right. Cool. Um, I watched I watched a series um, called Bloodhounds on Netflix, and and 
Stop stop no, doing that. You tell me off when I've shake you tell me off when I've it. Um so I watched a I watched a Netflix program called Bloodhounds mm. about the um about the parasitic lending of mafiosos or Yakuza in um in Japan during the COVID lockdown and how they were using it as a way to exploit people and then destroy their property and, and basically create another form of tax to try and What's it called? Them. Bloodhounds? Bloodhounds. Bloodhounds. It's on Netflix. So these two ex-military, because they, they have to enlist, I think, in Japan, don't they? It might be in Korea. I can't remember. But wherever In Korea, was, they get enlisted by yeah. random poll. They just get randomly oh, okay. picked. Yeah. So maybe that was it. So basically, these two little soldier boys, um, they're now boxers, and obviously they're civilians now. They're no longer soldiers. And they fall afoul of these groups of... Um, these groups of... Um, Loan sharks. And they end up becoming bloodhounds. And bloodhounds are basically people that go and um, they they hunt down the like the loan sharks and they try and stop their actions. They try and stop what they're doing. Oh, they don't actually turn into bloodhounds. No, they don't actually turn into bloodhounds. Because actually, it's, it's, not a Jap- it's not if animals. If it's a Japanese show, there's a good chance. No, it's not animals. Okay. Um, and, uh, and... Yeah, so these two, there's like, there's loads of horrific injuries and they like, they get some like really decent fights. And the whole thing is just like, it's very intense and like a lot of the shit that happens is like quite terrifying. And also it's interesting to see how the pandemic affected those smaller businesses in a place where maybe they didn't have the same level of protections. Because obviously like a lot of our lending places and, and sort of debt and the way it's managed by people in the UK is very different. I mean, people are still, obviously they full foul of these things and there are things like payday loans and shit like that still going on but not quite to the level that we're seeing in this or at least not publicly not seen um day to day wouldn't it be great if Boris Johnson owed a load of money to a crime syndicate he does the Russians yeah the Russians imagine if they imagine if they broke his legs imagine if they broke his legs and he had to spin that it's like yes I remember I had my legs broken and my dad may beat my mother and punch her and break her nose and I may be a fucking scumbag cunt who's probably a pedophile but you know what's really important is that we come together to support the Tory government because they're not a bunch of pedophiles maybe like I fell over whilst getting out of the shower and broke both my legs and Nadine Doyce like masterful gambits they're all fucking scumbag cunts anyway if you vote Tory you're a fucking dumb gun anyway um but yeah, bloodhounds. So these two two boxer kids getting some really good fights. Like the whole thing is fucking phenomenal. Like the fights they get into. So it is like it is very much like the it's the anime style. Like oh, they've got boxing powers. They're really good at fight. And like there are like there are a lot of fights where it is just like yakuza toughs who have never been trained to like throw a punch and stuff get punched in the face by someone who has trained for years to punch someone in the face. And there's a lot of like. Wow, that's uh, yeah. You can really tell the difference, especially when they're like they're blocking people, just like trying to hit them, and then they just do like an uppercut and they turn the whole body into it, and the guy's face just goes, "Oh no, all right, fuck up in here." And like, I oh, love that guy people. in the UFC match of the weekend. Do you see that? No, no, the match was three seconds long. <laughs> they stepped up, and he yeah. just went one punch to his face. The guy fell oh, over. Oh, <laughs> just, just so, just perfectly. There was that other fight where his opponent was shit talking him a whole load, you know, trying yeah. to get up, and at the start of the match, the guy. Kicked him in the face, yeah. and he just brushed it off and beat the oh, shit out. Okay. I love it. I do love it. Um, but anyway, so yeah, these these two lads, uh, part way through the season, get beaten to a point where they they need to actually recover, and some people die. They're like helping them, but they get like beaten and stabbed and like really fucked up, and they have to go away. And it cuts to like it's like. 
three months later. Mm. And all they've been doing is getting fucking strong. And like, it cuts to these two guys and they're like, they're like, would you go for a quick run through this little village we've been sequestered to? And they're like, we're going to go and work out in this little gym. And they're both just fucking massive hulking monsters. Oh, sweet. <laughs> these tiny little, little like, these tiny little boxer boys that were like in shape before and now just like, yeah, we're doing weights together. <laughs> and they just go fuck like people. Like Story of Ricky. <laughs> yeah, it's like Story of Ricky. And then they just go and fuck up the remaining gangsters that are still doing sweet. this stuff. It's just great it's a lot of fun uh, i think i saw the trailer for it yeah because sure, netflix loves showing me korean dramas and stuff yeah. and, and i just i fall for it every time if there's like the first episode there's like a really good boxing match and then they're like hey you almost beat me and it's like yeah but you're so good and it's like yeah i'm i'm pretty good at boxing hey do you want to go get oh, wait, is this got home, home and then it's, got... it's a little homoerotic yeah it's a little bit homoerotic but at the same time do they have they that thing where they clasp hands and oh yeah of course yeah and then yeah people do that as friends like the yeah, like Dylan and Dutch. Yeah, friends. Yeah. War friends. Definitely. War friends. Nothing else. War friends is all you need to say. Not slightly um, estranged exes. So, yeah, just really strong, really fun overall. I think there are a Dylan, lot... Of, you son of a bitch. There's, there's a ton of pacing issues, and at sometimes it can be like... It, it can fall into its own little fucking canon. Falls into its own little storytelling. Becomes a victim of, like, having a bigger story than I think it, it really needs to tell on screen. So you do get people Some like Android from the future turned up and they're gonna have to defeat him. <laughs> no, you get like no. you get a lot of things where it's like, I'm not your real father, you're only my adopted daughter, but I love you like you're my daughter, and I used to be a bad guy, but now I'm a good guy. It's like they've shown us this multiple times mm. through just natural storytelling. But for some reason they feel the need to halt an episode for twenty minutes and be like, I want you to protect my daughter, but not my daughter, it's kinda of my daughter, it's the girl that you know I look after and she's been really good to- and it's just like, okay. All right, fine, whatever. Good job, good job. All right, like, but when people get killed, like, it is, it's, it's really impactful because for the most part, it is, it is just like people beating the shit out of each other, but people survive, and like, even one guy gets one of his Achilles tendons cut. Like, he's basically just a scumbag little like fucking. I'm gonna beat you up, give me the money to like low, low like lending people, and this guy comes along and goes, oh yeah, we used to go and cut people's tendons and like fucking slit their wrists and stuff and like just leave them. We wouldn't kill them. We just fuck them up to the point where we know they'd need medical assistance and be out of the out of the fight for a couple of weeks. And so this guy gets involved that used to be like a high level bloodhound, like a proper violent fuck people up guy. Mm. And he comes across this dude who's basically treated like Bulk and Skull are treated in Power Rangers, bum, 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 but a bum, villain. Bum. So yeah, so he's basically like a villainous mm. version of Bulk and Skull. And the guy's just like, "Oh, did you hit those kids?" And the guy's like, "Those kids beat the living fuck out of me." And he's limping. He goes, "I'm gonna give you some of the limp." <laughs> Achilles tendon and when you next see him he's like he's like I don't want to fight you guys anymore that guy cut my Achilles tendon I was in hospital for three months and they're like fuck and it's like yeah so I'll just tell you what you want to know <laughs> and then it's just like yeah that's these people wouldn't be like that like fucking they wouldn't be that into it there's a Japanese show I forgot about I was gonna watch it's about a sumo wrestler Oh yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, he's like yeah, everyone's like he's like a stroppy cunt, and he like yeah. gets like gets his ass handed to him, and he has to. Like, I'm but on he's the last. He's gonna shake things up. No, he doesn't. No. Like that's kind of the point. Like he's an ex judo champ guy. Yeah. And like he got into sumo because like loads of people were like, oh, he's gonna be the next big thing, and he's just been languishing in like the lower rungs, and like he gets starts doing sumo at, like higher levels, and they don't like him because he is like laughing and stuff, and like he's like it's disrespectful. A, yeah, and like there's a lot of people that are saying like sumo needs to change, and there's 
a female reporter that gets entered into that world. Mm. And she's like, she's like, it's fucking abuse what you're doing here. And they're like, no, nah, it's sumo. And it's like, no, nah, like, this, is, this is pretty bad abuse. Mm. And, uh, and like the guy's like, no, 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 it's the beauty of sumo. And she starts getting into it, but like she also starts writing about the abusive side of it. It's really interesting. It's good. Mm. I haven't watched the last two episodes, so. I need to watch that. Um, but yeah, sorry. So uh, Bloodhounds. Yeah, it's really fucking solid. It's not, like I said, it's not perfect because it does fall into it like a little bit of hubris. Flew too close to the sun. I think it would have been a lot better if they if they knew when to cut out those scenes when they're repeating information that's been naturally delivered in previous scenes. But I guess if it's a series and this was shown on TV. Yeah, but it's Asian melodrama. Yeah, it's true. And they're that's true all well. like that. But yeah, mm. but I'm going to give it a Cape Blanchette. I really fucking enjoyed it. The fights, some of the fights are. In, there's like a fight in a car park where it's the two boxer kids and this girl who just. She has a taser and a police baton and she's just alternating between tasing people and just breaking ankles with this fucking baton. And I'm like, oh, this is just. This is. I like this. This is good fun. Mm, but yeah, your review, Ant. Batons. Your review, Ant. Sure. Um, Humble have got on sale right now. Tim, Tim? No, they got um a bundle of Backy the Grappler manga. Really? Yeah. Like, loads of it. Are you ever going to read Backy the Grappler? Nah. I read all of Gantz. Gantzy? Yeah, I read all of Gantz. Oh, yeah. That, that, that anime stopped just before it really gets... Crazy. <laughs> no, the anime didn't even get to where it really gets crazy. I think Gantt Zero picked up where the anime ended, didn't it? No, Gantt Zero's like like halfway through the next arc. It's, that's the Osaka arc. Yeah, the Osaka where the Kinji... But there's like a whole second... There's a whole more after that. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I've, read, I've read the entirety of the manga. Yeah. Even up to the giant people and where it turns out that a German industrialist's daughter is in a coma and gave him the technology through codes... Hmm. To create the Gantz balls. Yeah, Gantz is weird. Yeah, Gantz is fucking weird. Also, it becomes real pervy. Yeah, it means kind of pervy. Right? It's kind of pervy but... straight off, but yeah, it gets yeah. even pervier. Oh, good. And then people are revived and resurrected, and there's yeah, two of like. What's his face is all like, I'm going to revive all my old friends. Yeah, and then. And that... then he dies. Well, he. <laughs> He doesn't. He releases himself from it and then dies and then gets yeah. brought back into Gantz. But then other guy is like, I'm going to bring my f- old friend back because he brought me back. Yeah. And that's where the uh, Gantz Gant Zero is set. Yeah. But there's a massive gap there between the anime and Gantz Zero that we never saw. Yeah, yeah. It's Which never is... been animated. It will be one day, I'm sure. Well, actually, wait, wait, thinking about it, one second. So the bit that's missing, well, firstly, you don't have, um, what's his name? I can't even fucking remember at this point. Koichi, whoever it is. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 no. I read every issue of Gans basically, and they just it, and then you they meet God, but it's not really God. They meet a God. Yeah. And all their friends get brought back to life and then pulled apart. Oh, do you remember when that girl gets disintegrated with the acid? Yeah. No, that's pretty. Sick. That happens a lot. Yeah. And that that's not the only time that happens. Yeah. There's a point where it turns out that they're being eaten by those giant things. Yeah. And their ship is like basically what's left of their universe. And they get giant mechs and go and destroy the ship. Yeah, sweet. And then they meet God. Yeah, they get, there's a mechs in Gantz Zero. Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, yeah there is. Yeah, yeah, there's bigger mechs in Gantz, the comics. Yeah, um, yeah it, like, it's actually not bad. There's vampires in it, eventually. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't there be? And uh, the main character's brother's a vampire. man at the start. Yeah, the main character's vamp- brother is a vampire, because apparently the vampires are made by nanotech, yeah. getting into them and remaking them. And the only thing that can make them feel better is... And that's that's what Elon Musk wants to make with his <laughs> brain chips. Anyway, enough about Gantz, the nonsensical anime that I read 
I think it's like 38, mm. 39. I still watch the live action films. They're not very good. No. 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 Because no. they get up to the point where Thingy dies. They get up to the... to the um, No, basically where the anime, pretty much almost where the anime stops. The temple? I thought the anime went beyond the temple. No, it, it got to the temple, didn't it? That's where it got to, and then it ended. Yeah, all the, all the bodies die, and that's where it ends. Yeah. Right after that. And then he finds out there's a, it's the um, setup for a training for an alien invasion. That's where it ends. Yeah, because they don't even find that out in the comics until later. Mm. It's until after that. Yeah, series one was just like 20-something episodes, and then it just stopped. Yeah. Like they all do. Yeah. Jerks. Yep. Anyway, your review, eh? I got AEW Fight Forever. It's got skateboards in it. It's a wrestling game done by Ukes. Ukes? And everyone's like, it's just like No Mercy, which is great. You can have a wrestling game like No Mercy. Ukes didn't make No Mercy. Uh, Aka, A.K.I. Asmic made No Mercy. So they're just copying them. But fine. Fine. It does. It plays like a faster version of those old No Mercy, you know, like Def Jam Vendetta was a bit faster. Um... Do you know, it's it's perfectly fine. It's it's not it's kind of interesting because it doesn't feel as big budget and bloated as the WWE games are because mm. they kind of they have to have because the fans they won't like it if you take a mode out. They threw a hissy fit if like when they took casket matches out of the games, even though they sucked um, years ago. Like you take one mode out of the WWE games and they get all pissy and moan and they don't like it and all that. And this game's a lot more pared back. And it doesn't have too much in it. You got like your single matches. There's like a barbed wire death match mode, which is quite fun, where the ring's got like barbed wire, and if you throw someone in the ropes, they get an explosion goes off. Um, and there's a countdown time until when a big explosion goes off around the ring because death matches are ridiculous. Hmm. Um, you know, it's got it's got like a battle royale, like a battle royale where one person comes to the ring at a time thing, throw him over the top rope, jobby. It's got you know, it's got mixed tag matches. There's no restriction on having women versus men in it, which is kind of fine. WWE games never do that. They always because I mean it's not a real it's not a real fight. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you have women fighting men. No, exactly. as long as the men don't have so much of an ego, they don't like being beaten by the women. Mm. <laughs> like, um, you know, because if you can have a little guy like Rey Mysterio wrestle a guy who's six foot tall, then you can have a woman wrestle a man. You know, because Rey Mysterio's tiny. And he's child-sized, you know, and he beats Big Show and stuff like that. doesn't matter. Um, the women get bloodied up as well in this. Oh, really? Yeah, that's something that doesn't happen in the WWE games. No, um, yeah, if you throw someone into barbed wire, they, they only get bloodied up with sharp weapons. So oh, okay. barbed wire 2 by 4 It's not like WWE where you can smack someone and it will, like, you know, just cause blood when they've had a certain amount of damage to their head or something. Not like real life, basically. Yeah. Well, in, in WWE, it's kind of... In the WWE games, it's kind of more how they use blood, I guess. Because mm. they use blood for a shocking moment. Oh, that bat attack was big. There's blood. But in this, it's more like they bleed because the thing they got hit with is sharp. Um, the blood's quite crazy, though. It goes all over the ring mat and everywhere. It's all over the place. Um, but, you know, the wrestling itself is fine. It's pretty straightforward. It's basic. There's no submission mechanic. It's just... If you happen to have a move that can cause them to quit from submission and they're weak enough, they will tap out. Yeah. Um, like the pinning someone simple, like you just have to mash the buttons to get out of the pin. Okay. Old fashioned arcade style stuff. Um, it's the little details that really set it up though, because like it's very sparse. The wrestling character models are basic, like they look like early Xbox 360 character models with mm. like nice, slightly nicer textures. I don't want to go as far as say nicer textures. Um, they're pretty basic. And some of them really do, like, 
like right on the edge of whether they actually look like the real wrestlers. Um, but there's little details, like the skateboard thing. Like when you yeah. get a skateboard from the crowd, then just ride it around. Um, if you smack a steel chair over someone's head, there's a chance it'll get wedged on their head and it reverses the controls of your character. Oh, right. Like they're, like they're confused. Yeah. Like oh, okay. That's like a neat touch. That's that a silly, nice touch. silly touch. If you smash a table up, you can set fire to the tables. Um, but if you smash a table up, you can pick up the bits of the table and smack people with it, which is fun. Don't just disappear. Um, I think they did that in one of the WWE games or one or two of them. But hmm. um, I haven't done a ladder match yet. I should try that. I don't know how the ladder match mechanics work. They're usually a bit clunky in these things, but I don't care. Um, but they've said they're going to keep supporting the game and adding stuff to it. And they just, and I was sort of a bit dubious of that. I thought maybe they were just going to tweak little things here and there. But they're saying the game's going to be like a three-year thing before they think about a sequel. Um, and they might need to because the creator wrestler on this is like sparse and barely functional. It is like the most basic ass, like SmackDown one level creator wrestler. SmackDown two was let gave you quite a lot of tools to make people look like the wrestlers you wanted to look like. SmackDown one was really basic, and it's on that level. Yeah. Like you have like seven faces you can choose from and you can't adjust anything on them other than eye colour and hair colour. Like and it's tricky to figure out how to change the hair colour as well, because you select the hair, exit out the menu, and then you have to highlight it and press another button to be able to change the hair colour. It doesn't just let you change the hair colour when you put the hair on them or something. Hmm. Um but the creative wrestler is like super basic. You're not making anyone who looks like anyone. I saw someone doing Eddie Guerrero and the guy was like yeah this is a really good Eddie Guerrero that someone made and you look at it it's like fucking it looks like you know when you get a Poundland toy of wrestlers and you can oh, yeah. tell they're meant to look like Hulk Hogan but it's just some orange man with a moustache yep it's, it's just a hot dog skin scare person yeah it's like that sort of thing but um, the first thing they've announced as a uh, add on to it is actually an insane friggin thing to add to a wrestling game they're doing a battle royale mode like full, like like Fortnite, there's going to be 30 players. You have an entire stadium, which you can run around inside and out, mm. through the stands, through the field. Like There's a whole football field you can run across with a wrestling ring in the middle. And it's going to have the whole you know, barrier coming in at the sides with 30 players elimination. You just wrestle, run around, smacking each other up, throwing people down through the chairs in the arena, knocking chairs everywhere, smack the shit out of each other, take your correct wrestlers in there. Like run around backstage beating people up, and it's just an elimination wrestling battle royale hmm. in like the Fortnite style, not in the usual wrestling style where everyone just runs to the everyone's in the ring and you you throw them out. I want to know how they're going to manage that because I've never seen a wrestling game manage thirty people running around at once. Oh yeah, there's like there's there was a battle royale thing that they made that was like that that was actually apparently really good, but mm. it just failed after like a year. There was like a yeah, it was like a luchador battle royale thing. Sounds. Terrible. I don't know. It, was, it looked really cool. I mean, it? I imagine they're going to have to do like some draw distance culling and not show you. Like, if all the wrestlers are in an area at once, they must be doing something to make sure you can't see them all at once because no wrestling games go that crazy. Rumbleverse. Rumbleverse. Yeah. 40 players could gra- could could duke out and it failed miserably. Yeah. But it was like, it was apparently very good. But this is kind of being added to like this AEW game for free. I think maybe they should release it as a free to play sort of like a te- demo for it. Get people playing it and, you know, give people some fun action because you're going to need players in it. I don't know how many people are playing this AEW game. Have I noticed um, good old uh, Dan used to be Retro Zone. Now his channel's called A Small Quest. He's been playing it. Um, the story mode in it is like super basic and simple in the most like clunky way. 
you like you go and work out and everyone's like you're just going oh I'm doing curls curls are really good for your arms and stuff and then some wrestler might be backstage and he'll be like yo I saw you wrestling the other day let's take a selfie and that's a thing to collect is selfies you collect autographs as well wrestlers when you beat them um but story mode is like super basic every time before a batch you have like four things you can do so mm. you can go and get food to boost up your um your energy level if your energy's low you're more prone to injuries um if your mental health is low i think it affects your ability to gain momentum during a match or something so you have to like take time to do go sightseeing do a chat show or something like that yeah and you have so many you can do before you have a match you can put an extra you can do an extra match on a on one of the smaller shows to get yourself some extra stat points yeah although you don't really need it too much you get enough stat points in this um the way to build out your character is like it wants to encourage you to buy extra slots for finishers and stuff like that but i don't need them i just freaking i need one finisher it's the biggest power bomb. I've got a package power driver, a tiger, a tiger power driver. Mm. It's pretty cool. Uh, I've also got a, um, I've also got a fireman's carry to a cutter finisher that I do because I'm pretty nice, cool. Nice. I can pick them up your shoulders, swing them around, and crack their head into the ground. Good stuff. Um, but no, fun stuff. I can see him adding stuff to this gradually because it's it's light on wrestlers. There's not a ton in there. I know there's some unlockable ones. Like, I'm pretty sure Big Show or Paul White is in there. Yeah. Um, and they said that Owen Hart's in there somewhere, but I think you have to do, like, 100 matches against the CPU in single-player mode to unlock him. So I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. There's a load of challenges on there to that will probably guide me towards unlocking stuff. Yeah. But for a first attempt at a wrestling game, it feels like a nice budgety title. Probably shouldn't be 50 quid. It's probably No, I think that's probably... Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I got it from Green Man Gaming. They give you like thirty percent off, don't they? When yeah. a lot of games, um, but yeah, it definitely it's nice to have a game like this though, because all games are like either small little indie things, and not necessarily small, but they've usually got a bit of a budget to them. But they usually like these very precise indie games, and you get these massive, great, big budget AAA open world frigging every single game mode imaginable, ridiculous graphics games, and you don't get much of the in between anymore. Yeah, you don't you don't get so much of the Earth Defense Forces. Well, it's the same as fucking films, like isn't that. it? You don't really get like mid-budget you, stuff. No, no. You just don't anymore. Nothing's allowed to be messy. No, like because I would I would love a new Twisted Metal game, but if they made a new Twisted Metal game, can you imagine how much budget they'd throw at that and they'd make it ridiculously expensive to make and they'd friggin' they'd make it an open world thing when really it just needs to be a janky little arena shooter. Mm. For, like, you know, six players driving around smashing stuff. They'll make it an always online piece of shit. It'll be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do one because of the TV show? Do you think yeah, the TV yeah, yeah. show is going to be a massive success? Yeah. Because it looks kind of bad. But Yeah, it's going to be a massive success. <laughs> Anthony Mackie's in it, though. So is uh, Will Arnett. Yeah, he does the voice of... Does um, the voice of Sweet Tooth. Yeah, the Samoa Joe plays Sweet Tooth, the wrestler. Why didn't they just use Samoa Joe's voice? Then? I don't know, because he's got a pretty good voice. Yeah, I was going to say. For, for it, but wrestlers can't act. <laughs> Batista's fucking incredible. Yeah, he's pretty good. We don't really yeah. talk about this enough. Like, people think The Rock's The great thing amazing. with Batista is that he was like, I'm not good enough, so he went and Learned took how to lessons. Act. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely a massive improvement to how well he played a heel in WWE after he first started doing film roles and stuff. Yeah. His little heel run, heel run after he did Guardians of the Galaxy is amazing. Yeah, like, it's, right. it's not just Guardians of the Galaxy, though. He did, like, loads of smaller films. Like, I know that... Um, I know that people probably forgot about it like immediately but he did that one um, Hotel Artemis 
He's good in that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he was great in was that Blade Runner twenty twenty one. Oh, um, the one where he's like helping um, what's her name from X get across Burlington or whatever it was. No, no, it's not that. It's the one where he's like supposed to be one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's oh, like a little cabin. Yeah, yeah, knock at the cabin. Yeah. Yeah, not very good. M. He's M. good in it, though. M. He's good in it. Yeah, it's not very good. He has his little film. glasses on in it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, that's how you know when he's acting. Um, Dave Batista films. I'm just going to quickly have a look. Because that, um, the one, oh, he was in Dune, wasn't he? Of course he Dune. was. Dune. Dune. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah, I already A little bit. That. There was a little short film thing they did for that, wasn't there? Yeah, him? yeah, he was really good in that as well. Yeah. He did the anime too, I think. Because um, I think that's part of the reason why he's in. June is because old what's his name Denny Villeneuve yeah was like you're quite good oh he was in Glass Onion he was fucking great in Glass Onion oh yeah yeah he's yeah for he's the fucking for 30 minutes he's <laughs> yeah he doesn't need to be in any longer than that he does his part doesn't he he does a really good job lying on the floor for yeah. a lot of the film Army of Thieves and like, he wasn't in that he was don't forget the, Army of the Dead Army of the Dead that's yeah. what he was in is he in Rebel Moon <clears throat> is it Rebel Moon I think he is yeah yeah, that's the new Zack Snyder thing, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, Zack Snyder joint. Sorry, Bushwick was the... And it's actually all right. Bushwick's all right. Yeah. Um, he was also the man in Iron F- with Iron Fists. He was the guy... Yeah, that was pretty bad. Man. That was pretty I like that film. Fucking terrible film. People don't like it, but it's worth... Give it a shot. It's actually not bad. It's pretty bad. It's not bad. It's pretty bad. It's not that bad. It's kind of awful. <laughs> no, it's not. It's quite good. Russell Crowe fucking sleepwalks through that entire film. No, he doesn't. He holds his breath under what comes up with the anal beats in his mouth. Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cinema. Cinema. Pure Kino. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's also say about cinema stuff. Yeah. Talking about Oppenheimer having nudity in it. Yeah. <gasps> and someone said, I don't want to see Cillian Murphy going down on someone for five to ten minutes in a movie in the cinema when 30 minutes is the minimum you should be doing. <laughs> I was like, good swerve there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, having having just listened to five hours, no, ten hours of podcasts about Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki, Nagasaki and like how the bomb came about and everything that happened mm. and the fact that Japan were about to surrender when we dropped it and like... Yeah, we didn't need to drop a second one. We didn't need to drop the oh, first one. one. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and do you know what? That'd be you'd think that'd be a war crime. Yeah, what, but what, it's what, probably a good job for America. There was no war crimes written for dropping a bomb that could decimate an entire city. So much melting people and just yeah. burnt people and like stories. One of the ones was that, it four hundred seventy thousand people? No, it's two hundred fifty thousand. Eighty thousand were soldiers, and the rest were civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Wolverine survived. <laughs> Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. One of the... um, So, I listened to Last Podcast on the left, uh, Mm. which is the one, oddly enough, done by the guy from Your Pretty Face to Go to Hell. He was also in um, Wolf of Wall Street. He played one of the the little brokers that lost his mind. Oh, Jonah Hill? No. Jonah Hill's a fucking bad guy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, (laughs) But, yeah, like, one of the things that they were talking about is, like, there are so many stories around... Hiroshima and Nagasaki that don't get talked about, like the lost generation of kids that the Yakuza picked up, like the the Hiroshima orphans, which were basically nuclear orphans that were picked up and like they're either used to sell drugs or because they would just starve to death if they didn't, because the yeah. Yakuza controlled the rations afterwards as well. Yeah, and like the the girls sold into sex labor and all the other horrible dark shit that happened, and the way that like they couldn't insert a um, 
positive, mm. positive like positive group in power because obviously they were still like nationalists. So it's like removing. I figured Godzilla came out in Japan. And Godzilla is very much like a reaction to yeah, absolutely. The, and it's like eight years later. It's nineteen fifty three. It came out yeah. the first Godzilla film, and it's like like everyone who made that film. The kids watching it in the cinema all remember it. This isn't like mm. kids going, "Oh, this is a thing that happened years and years ago." No, it was like if you were like years. eight years old, you you know what's happened. If you're eight years old, you'd know why Mummy looks like a monster. <laughs> that is mean. It's true though. Yeah, he goes to jail. So, yeah. so yeah, sorry. Some of the stories around that though, like the untold stories and like the collected journals and things like that. There was a group of small girls that were living on the outskirts, so they didn't experience the initial heat or like the flash. Um, or any of the the initial yeah, radiation poisoning killed most people. Yeah, but like basically, their mum was missing for twenty four hours, hmm. and after twenty four hours, something crept into their house, and it was basically like this black, entirely charred thing that didn't look even human. They thought it was a dog at first, hmm. and it turns out it was their mum with her limbs like basically eviscerated down to like the wrists, and her legs gone below the knee. And just she had somehow instinctually crawled back home to die in the in front of her daughters. Fucking disgusting. But like, um, yeah, yeah, just horrific shit that didn't need to happen. Yeah. And Oppenheimer himself, like, I think he struggled with it afterwards. Well, I mean, of course he did. He died of cancer. What's the film going to be like? I'm wondering. Do you think Americans are going to be happy if the film carries on past when the bombs drop? No. They're going to moan, because after that, it's going to be him. He's woke, he's talking about how the world was he's, he's not going to be talking, because Oppenheimer's not going to be like, fucking, yeah, yeah, we did a good job, guys, congratulations, everyone shake hands. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that they're not going to talk about like the demon core and shit like that that happened mm. afterwards, because that's mm. some of the more interesting stuff, although that's already got its own movie. That was one made in the 80s, I think Tim Robbins is the demon core. The Demon Corps. That sounds awesome. So the Demon Corps was like, so you know, no, they, I'm thinking they, about a military group made of demons and <laughs> no. they fight. So they had they had two bombs that they dropped and they basically yeah. assembled them in the sky and then they continued testing and the way they tested it was they had like a uranium cake, like a mound, and they surrounded it by metal and then they had these bricks of like additional, additional like components that would cause the atoms to fly back in towards the core. And one person, the way that they operate the test, so they had to open it slightly to sort of cause, like, to read the reaction and measure it. He would do that with a flathead screwdriver. And on his last day working on the working in this area, he slipped and caused the caused it to open too much, hitting him with like a lethal dose of radiation. Didn't kill him immediately. Took years, but he died of horrendous leukemia. But someone who wasn't so lucky. <laughs> Was someone who knocked the ball, caused the 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 bricks to flip, That's and whereas the really metal there, yeah. the metal was causing the chain reaction, it had opened up, drenching the room in radiation, and because he was the closest to it, he picked it up with his bare hand, oh, popped good. it back in the container, and then closed it again, and just having touched the touched the the thing for like seconds, mm. he. Died of horrific radiation poisoning days later. It's good that they were really safe with this stuff. On they had no idea because like they had no idea what it would do to people. Radiation mm. poisoning. They the what happened to the people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? They essentially treated that like scientific experiments to see what radiation poisoning did to people. Ooh. And like a lot of people that like initially got hit by it, like 
they couldn't understand why these people would die. And when they opened them up, it would just be soup and rancid mm. organs. And they couldn't work out what did that. And Probably obviously the, it's bomb the fucking and radiation. The radiation. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't understand radiation the same way that we do. They were mm. studying it and trying to work out. That was back in the days when you'd be prescribed cigarettes. For- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like you had, you had like the radium girls, like in 23, 1923, mm. the girls whose jaws were eroding and dropping off of their fucking faces. And, you know, and they were like, oh, why have all these girls got cancer? Why are they all completely barren? Oh, it's because they're licking paintbrushes covered in radioactive I mean, you think about stuff that's naturally found. You know, I mean, people moan about safety standards and stuff, but I mean, a hundred years ago, your great grandparents painted your walls with friggin' lead, lead, yeah. chartreuse, which caused people to get all sorts of diseases because it was radioactive. Have you seen the anti-vaxxers? Are like they're going like, "Hey, there's a reason they wanted to get rid of lead. It's because it stops their signal getting through." Oh right, does it? Yeah, that's the newest. Have paranoid. you ever had lead paint near you? Fucking lead paint is fucking horrible. Someone, they painted our work at Toys R Us with this paint, and I swear it was lead paint. Yeah. Because we started getting faint and sick and feeling like we were wanting to throw up. None of us could go in the break room for weeks. And they wouldn't <laughs> let us open the windows just in case someone handed stuff out to people outside. Like, fucking, it was horrific. It took it took weeks to get that smell out of there. Friggin' horrible. Anyway, what was your review? Uh, is it my review now? Is it yeah. my turn? Yeah. I saw Stuart Lee live. Did you? Yeah. Really enjoyed it, man. Um, oh, well, that's A lot good. of fun. A lot of fun. Stuart Lee, always, always a fun time. He's a very happy guy. He, he's well known for um, his jovial attitude. He did say himself he's known for how many jokes he tells and the fact that, like, he, he only gets, like, one or two in. And, like, yeah, an hour yeah. and a half, three jokes an hour yeah. and a half as well. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, That's what Harry Hill was like when I saw him live. He counted how many jokes he did. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he was like, no, no, joke no, number it, three. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. Um, he... He... Uh, he told a joke about J.K. Rowling that made me laugh a lot, um, and uh, and yet yeah, just just in general, he he was just such a because I I've never seen Stuart Lee live. I've seen a lot of comedians live. I've never seen Stuart Lee live, yeah. and it was one of those things where like it's weird to be in the presence of someone that like he's he's incredibly prolific online. Like lots of people share like clips of him and his comedy shows are on YouTube, and he's done yeah. loads of like online shows and stuff, and. Uh, uh, and seeing him live, it was incredible. Oh, there's actually one joke that's going to tie into tie into like my last review, maybe or your last review. Don't know. He does a joke about Fleabag, yeah, and how before Fleabag, people didn't turn towards an audience, and so he's like reenacting his first few gigs where he's like facing away from the audience and telling his set. <laughs> And, uh, and and uh, and Fleabag invented the um, the fourth wall, and then they broke it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was very funny. And also, he was like, he was like, I'm so glad that someone is finally getting the credit that they deserve, and they come from like, you know, they come from humble beginnings, very upper middle class mm-hmm. humble beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it's hard look, to look, get somewhere, look, make something look. yourself when you're just born into a very rich family. <laughs> you know. It's- you it's know, it's hard to get another leg up when you've had so many legs up already. Yeah, how many legs can you possibly put up? I mean, she's finding out, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it made me laugh a lot. It was pretty good. Um, anyway, um, yeah, Stuart Lee. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really good show. Um, it's hard to it's hard to review comedy and like because I, unless I try and repeat jokes and I'm not very good at telling jokes, 
there's not much point in me trying. No, you're not it. very well known for. I'm uh, fucking terrible. I'm not funny. a funny guy. I'm a terrible yeah. person. Nobody ever. Miserable. You just talked about nuclear radiation for and how and how ten minutes bad it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fun uplifting podcast time. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. My hey. favourite Stuart Lee thing is the whole time when he describes being at college with um, David Cameron and going to like a party, and he got asked to help cater it. David Cameron asked him to help him when they were at college together yeah and this whole long drawn out story that goes on for ages we thought I'm a big deal David Cameron's let me in because he's one of the top kids at the school yeah he's like you know he's finally cool and he tells this whole story about how David Cameron turns out to be a bit of a cunt and then (laughs) at the end of it he goes now none of that story's true but I like to think it says a lot about David Cameron He did that a couple of times in this. Yeah. One of my favourite ones, um, he was talking about like the first time he met a trans comedian. Mm. And he was like, she was amazing. And, you know, she she did two things that night. She put on a great set. And also, she broke down my prejudices against magicians. <laughs> I was like, fantastic. Great. Good time. Um, but, yeah. Uh, surely, it was really good if you're into his comedy online it was fantastic I really fucking enjoyed it um, I've been following Stuart Lee since friggin god pre-Fist of Fun what was before Fist of Fun there was This Morning with Richard Not Judy I used to watch yeah there's Fist of Fun been like friggin early days when he was slim <laughs> you know um, yeah he looks like a dad now yeah he's got kids but he looks like a dad now yeah he's, he just doesn't care though. he's got he has he has hearing aids as well yeah like he's like properly old and I was just like yeah this is fine He's got used to it. He should hang out with Richard Heron again. Yeah. Because they were, they were a good team on um, this this friggin' morning show, they, that show they had. Oh, it was like, it, one of the things I will say, I it, like, it was in the South Bank Centre. I've never been there for, like, a comedy show or, like, a gig or anything like that before. It's yeah. fucking huge, but it's a really nice little venue. Little venue. It's a really nice venue, South Bank Centre. But, yeah, really, really good. I had a lot of fun. Oh, fucking hell. So here's one of the things that here's here's it's not a review of the event. This is this is just fucking insane. So he makes a joke about like, you know, there's never a queue for the women's toilets and stuff like that at his shows because obviously like, you know, he he predominantly has like he like talks about predominantly having like a, a male audience and shit like that. And like yeah. and and as as we were leaving, I got to hear like what must be like the base level Stuart Lee fan. And it was someone who said, oh, I really, really like the joke he did about sandals. And I really like the joke he did about, um, about Fleabag. And, uh, and like, no, you know, like when you hear someone talking about enjoying something, you're like, what's going on in your mind, man? Like it, yeah. it was, it was the sandals. most, sandals, it was yeah. no, but it was the most base level. Like it was, it was like someone who can't think talking about a thing. You know, like when they're just like they're just like I like the lemonade because the lemon aspect, uh, and it was just like, and I, I just, and it. Are you sure it wasn't Christian? <laughs> but it was just, it was, it was so strange to hear that behind me because me and Liv were talking about the show and talking about like how much it was great and like how much we enjoyed it, like the the fucking the energy of the room and how how like vibrant he was despite the fact that he had injured himself and he did like have a lot of energy and he was like properly into it and like. Mm. Even when he was doing, even when he was doing the bit about turning towards the audience, he was pretending to take, to do a comedy show where he's like walking along the hole of the back wall, like, oh, yeah, I don't talk to and like, and then like he, he goes to turn around, he does the whole actions and everything, pantomimes on stage, fantastic. Mm. And like, 
And then afterwards, someone's energy level was, I really like the bit where he spoke about um, Fleabag. And, uh, and like, and I was just like, that's the kind of people that normally go to films and, and like... he likes jokes about Fleabag. He likes jokes about Fleabag. It was just, it was just weird hearing someone who can't think try and talk about something that involves just, like... It doesn't involve a lot of thinking. Yeah. just involves some. Yeah. And it was just so odd. Like, is that how normal people treat media? Yeah. <laughs> the insights of the mind of a regular person who watches a thing and then just goes... I really liked the uh, the 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 sunshine. Sunshine outside was nice, and then I went inside, and there wasn't any sunshine. What's, what's that about? <laughs> like that—that's like it. Like who? How? That's a brain. Yeah. Anyway, surely fantastic. I really recommend it. I'm out of lemonade. I really recommend it. I think that's the only thing stopping my diarrhea from pouring out. I really recommend people check it out. Yeah, really good. He's doing like a long show there, so you can get tickets still. Oh. But yeah. Like a Vegas residency. Yeah, yeah. Comes out in a sequence. Just, just book him in Vegas. Yeah. See what the Americans make. Yeah. Astutely. <laughs> um, I don't know if they'd be able to stand... Britain's 43rd favourite comedian. Is he that high? Yeah, yeah, that's what the show was. He kept going on about how he was listed as Britain's 43rd favourite comedian. Yeah. Oh. I'm not seeing him. I've seen Harry Hill and I've seen Bill Bailey. I've seen Bill Bailey live. Mm. I've seen Bill Bailey live twice. I saw him at a festival and I saw him at like a proper gig. Harry Harry Hill should tour more because Harry Hill's I've heard he's an amazing really live, but he does like one tour every 10 years. He did Tony Blair the musical. Did he? Yeah, he's written Tony Blair the musical, and I'm tempted to go see it just because mm. he's written it. Because he is really fucking funny. Yeah. He, was he? What's that band he's been turning up on stage with, doing music with? He's turning up and doing like rapping or something. Really? Yeah. Oh. Just for the comedic effect, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, and your review. Uh... You saw Tindy on a Jones, didn't you? Man? I watched um, Rangers of the Lost Ark. No, you saw Indiana Jones, the new one. Oh, The Dial of Destiny? Yeah. Yeah, and Kingdom of Crystal Skull. I watched yeah. all the Indiana Jones films. I watched all the Indiana Jones these last two weeks. Let's talk about them. Do you want to talk about all of them? No. Dial of Destiny. I really liked Dial of Destiny. I liked some it caveats. as well. With yeah. some caveats. I also have some things to say. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, people, there's weirdos moaning on the internet. You can't talk about films nowadays. Every film has to be either... I mean, they don't even get anyone... No one's ever happy with any of the films that come out now. Every single film that comes out, there's like an army of people who decide it's the worst thing that's ever been made. Yep. Nothing can be just like, all right, film. decent, fine. Like, everything has to be the worst thing that's ever been put into production. Like, they struggled with Guardians of the Galaxy 3, didn't they? They didn't really get their... F- yeah, I don't know there. how people didn't get the point of that. Yeah. But that did really well, didn't it? In the Yeah, it yeah. I'm fine. Um, not as well as the other ones, but no films do that sort Except of money. For Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's bankable. But then again, that Spider-Man took having, you know, three Spider-Mans in it, didn't it? Yeah, it's true. There was a lot of marketing going to that. But um, Dire Destiny, in this film, Indiana Jones is old. Again, to kill himself again a another time. Times. He's old again. Yeah. Um, 839 million. That's that's really good for Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. That's not um, bad at all. His wife, Marion, has left him. Do you remember when Marion and Indy got married at the end of Kingdom of Crystal Skull for, like, yeah. no reason? Um, well, they were in love with each other. 
Yeah, yeah. Isn't That's that why they've spoken to each other for eighteen years. I don't actually. I tried to do the maths. It doesn't work out. But um, no, it doesn't. So he's not married anymore. Mutt has died <laughs> off camera, <laughs> and I'm not That's saying it's weird. That That's, Mutt has been said to have died. Uh, Sheila Booth has been said to have died in the fifth film of a franchise twice. Look, look it is <laughs> it is the best that could have happened to him and his character. Poor Mutt. No, he's fine. I want to rewatch King of Crystal Skull. He's fine. Yeah, but Charlotte Booth isn't. Charlotte Booth, you know, he's a wacky person. No, he no. no. What's he done? He no. He was fucking prostitutes. Oh, good for him. for a film role that he was doing. Yeah, then also Transformers. Still- like he was doing it bareback and then still fucking his girlfriend at the time. Oh. And he was getting oh. apparently getting STDs on purpose. Oh. Also, the film that he made about his dad being abusive was completely made up. Yeah. Even though he said it was based on his life. Well, it's he's not playing Shia LaBeouf in that. No, film. he's playing Shia LaBeouf's dad as an abusive arsehole. Yeah. Trying to garner sympathy, despite the fact that he's a fucking weirdo. Also apparently he's violent. Like he has been violent with people. Not like a full-on Ezra Miller situation. We're not talking. We're not talking the Miller. Hmm. We're talking a buff. But yeah, yeah, he's not a good guy. They killed him off off camera. Anyway, Indy's retiring, so he's losing his attachment to history, which he has been for a while. It seems at the start of the film, like the kids in the class he's aren't interested. In... What Shella Beef? Yeah, you sure? He was with her from 2012 to 2018. Then they took a break for two years, and now he's married to her. Does she know? I don't think so. How old is Mia Goff? What the twenty nine? Yeah. Oh, she should be smart. That's what are you doing? Maybe he's uh, you know just a nice guy. Really, yeah, you have to get to know him. If you knew him like she does, <laughs> he's not like Jonah Hill. Anyway, Dial of Destiny. Anyway, one day woman turns up. Helena, isn't she shrill? Oh, it's when he, women. He dated Twigs. Oh, but yeah, he uh, he was sued for sexual battery, assault, and infliction of emotional distress. I'm trying to talk about Indiana Jones. He abused another ex-girlfriend called Carolyn Foe. Uh, he later denied. Following the lawsuit, Netflix released him from a thing. What are you going on about now? I'm trying to talk about Indiana Jones. See, this is why you don't tell jokes. What are you doing now? Well, he's he's going to trial against FKA Twigs because oh, he's still being accused of abuse. Sexual I didn't battery. know she was from, like, Bristol or some shit. Is she? Yeah, she's British. I didn't know she was British. I thought she was American because she tried to go down the shit <laughs> No, that was um, Grimes. Was it Grimes? Yeah, Grimes is the one who used to live on a boat. Yeah. Was a meme before she was famous. Oh, yeah, she was Cheltenham Gloucestershire. FK Twigs. But anyway, um, fucking Dire Destiny. Helena turns up. It's his goddaughter. He hasn't spoken to her for years. Um, Traditionally, right, you don't know about this, but traditionally, if you're a god parent, right, and the the actual parent dies, you're supposed to look after the child. Indy didn't do that. Because he's a bit of a miserable cunt. And also she was old enough to be looking after herself by that point. I don't know. Was she? She was still yeah. a child in that flashback bit and it was yeah, supposed to be right after that. What, that he died? Yeah. It's been like 12 years or so. But she's like 30-odd in this, isn't she? Yeah. that's back when he's like... It's been 12 years. She was like 14 in that flashback. But, but yeah. Anyway, um, so she blames him for some of this stuff. and Yeah. You know, but she is basically just a little Indiana Jones. A young yeah. Indiana Jones, if you would. Um, everything about her character is written as a male character would be written, which is probably what's annoying weirdos on the internet, because all they've done is they've literally written her as a male, with like the only tweet being she stares at dudes and not chicks. Um, 
She has a little sidekick. She's got a messy, crazy, wacky relationship she's been involved in. She's doing all sorts of dodgy dealings because she's a rebel and all that. But, um, you know, I've kind of, I kind of dug her character and the arc that they had with her. The, the things where, you know, Indy's pointing out that, you know, you don't care about anything other than money. Surely you don't care about the history. So, no, only money. But you can tell that she does. She does care about the history. She just... Well, she cares about specifically the dial. Yeah, but other stuff as well. She's no, res- she, she respects about... the history. I think that's she the whole cares part of the about point. The money for the rest of the part, but like you don't really get the idea that she cares about other history. It's mostly the dial. She knows her history. She knows Indiana history. Jones says you don't go and learn five friggin' languages or whatever if you don't care about this she cares stuff. About money. She's trying to figure out things. She's. She, you know, you see moments where she gets upset about stuff, and she enjoys figuring out the puzzles and all. This oh yeah, stuff. she like she enjoys the adventure. She's into this shit. Sala had a nice moment in this that I really liked, where they're at the. Uh, he's dropping him off at the airport, and he goes, "Indy, I bought my passport. We're we going on another adventure." And Indiana Jones goes, "Not an adventure." Like, but Sala really still- go on adventures. Like Indy no. turns up, makes Sala's day a bit of a pain in the ass, yeah, and then fucks off like twice. I feel, like, but I do feel like Sala still has that. I like that Sala feels like he recognizes like we've got adventures left to have. Yeah. Nice little moment. Um, but I thought he was him turning up showed just how old like they both are because Sala yeah. is aged. Yeah, <laughs> Harrison Ford has his top off at the beginning of this film, yeah. and he would get it. Like I fucking, he's hot. Yeah, they didn't get shot Sala topless. No, they didn't, no. But that's no. because Sala is like... Do you remember when Alfred Molina's in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. And he was like 23 in that film yeah. or some shit. He has one eyebrow. Young young Alfred Molina. Yeah. With his face painted a bit darker. But, you know, don't worry about that. He's only in it for like five minutes. Um, you just had a tad, mate. You just had a tad. tad. It's the Amazon. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but no, I enjoyed the film. The only thing, the things that's sort of getting away, because it is a fun adventure. It has mm. the whole A to B to C. They, you know, they find a clue. They're going somewhere else. They're being chased the whole time by the villains. But um, every time, the thing is, Indy can't do much running and jumping. He ain't swinging from vines or anything. No, he's, you know, he's he's not going to get into long drawn out fisty cuffs fights because mm. you know it's not. He's not. It's Harrison Ford. Mm. Didn't he break his leg? Yeah, door something? closed on his leg in uh, in. Um... Uh, the Force Awakens fucked his leg up. Yeah, but didn't he injure himself on the set of friggin' Indiana Jones too? Maybe. Yeah, but um, you know, most of the action scenes are built around what can Harrison Ford do sitting down. Well, no, he's he <laughs> like there are a few scenes where I was quite impressed at how like he's do- yeah, he's still like, healthy, he's giving it a go. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a couple of scenes where he's jogging. But and most like, of the again, action scenes are him sitting on something. Yeah. He's on a horse, and there's two car chases. Yeah. And the bit at the start has him... There's a lot the of car. chases in this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a load of stuff at the start, because the whole digital de-aging stuff, that's a body it double for most of it. strange. It sounds strange. That's the biggest yeah, problem. Yeah, and he's old. He's old. Yeah, because the same thing the Irishman, when they have the de-aged yeah. De Niro and I all actually, that. I actually... I didn't mind... Like, I think... I had a couple of problems with my screening. I don't know if it was the Odin just had it, like they had it a bit too dark but like the beginning scene it wasn't so bad the de-aged face because when it was dark it didn't look as bad mm-hmm. I think you can hide quite a lot with that but the the problem I had is like it was like almost pitch black the scene where they're underwater with the eels even when the flare oh, went up to be. Yeah, it was just to way too dark but they um no I was talking about de-aging Sorry. fucking de-aging um no because the, the same thing with Irishman when they de-aged De Niro and everything like they fucking 
you can make them look as young as you want and have all the CGI special effects as you want, but they're still going to sound 70 and they're still going to move like a 70-year-old. Yeah. Like, and you can tell in the opening bit they use body doubles and all this sort of stuff. And, mm. you know, he probably did most of the, He did probably a bunch of it, but... Yeah. Because no, he's like, but, you know, they had to... They probably had to digitally bring his gut in a little yeah. bit and shrink him down yeah. to inside. But the thing is, that whole sequence should... It's the same thing with all the action sequences. They could have been, like, five, ten minutes shorter, most of them. Some of them go on a really long time. I you think watch the older films, most action sequences are pretty short. Five, ten minutes, yeah. But the longest one's probably the Temple Raiders. of Doom minecart right, bit. That goes on for like five. I thought you meant the intro adventure. You know, like no, the, no, the, the action adventure. sequences yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, no, the longest one in the intros um, for the other films is the, the last crusade. The whole yeah, yeah, the third one. Yeah, the whole yeah. River Phoenix bit. Yeah. Um, with Fedora. You lost um, this one, kid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my biggest problem with that intro thing wasn't so much the face replacement. I don't think that would have been as issue as much of an issue, but it's just. Like, and this is this is a bit of a problem with some of the other scenes, and I know you can't avoid this with, like, the age of Harrison Ford and stuff, but, but like, those old films, obviously they didn't have CGI. Lots of physical sets and stuff. Yeah. This, apart from King of the Crystal Skull. You can't, apart from King of the Crystal Skull. Which is 15 Skull. years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, they just, they're like, they fall back on it, they do the, we well, just use CGI for this section, and it's like, it's it just doesn't feel right for an Indiana Jones yeah. film. And I think that's what's boosted the cost list up so much. It shouldn't be a $200 million movie. $300 million. $300 million movie. It shouldn't. Because, like, you've got so many... Other, like, they do zero de-aging or re-aging of Mads Mikkelsen. It's mostly makeup. Yeah. And I know he's a younger guy, but, like, it looks good. It looks good enough. And, like, if they just did a CGI... I thought they were going to say that he's been experimenting with stuff and made himself age slower nah fuck it don't need to just keep him keep him being I feel like something's missing there because he got clobbered in the face with that bell I fucking loved that he barely had a scarf my god like it's been a banner year for seeing Nazis get fucking clonked in the face and that that fucking bell taking him down I I cheered it was so good Um, but yeah like it's it's one of those things that it's just that CGI just it it gets to me in these films because mm. Harrison Ford when they go and they're climbing the cliff and stuff mm. and they've got the little set where they've got the like the methane gas and stuff and she's covering her face and Harrison Ford's not even reacting he's like he's like it's methane gas and don't worry I mean he like takes lit torches into petroleum filled yeah, friggin tombs it's fine he's not but it's just about. it's it's just like as he's old he can't as, smell anything <laughs> as soon as they introduce the whole thing about like oh it's weight displacement and you go like oh this is like an idiot and you you see him come to life moving shit in and he is like to be fair it was their methane gaffes on there but Harrison Ford's AE yeah that's true he's yeah I mean it probably is yeah. <laughs> um, but no like you can really tell the difference between him reacting to shit that's actually in front of him and the CGI mm. stuff yeah and I know he's like he is like he's a professional so it's not like, it's not a massive issue. It's just, come on. Like, there's there's moments in this where I was like, oh, you're so close to that fucking magic. You are so close. Like, where he's repairing the thing and the kid's going, like, you can't repair it. And he goes, chewing gum is heat resistant and, like, plugs the hole and they go, it's not going to hold. And he goes, it'll hold enough to get us to a train station. And, like, that was just so great. And it's like, yeah, there's loads of little bizarre. Indiana Jones moments like yeah. that. In, like, the, I- in the fucking, in, where they're doing the bidding. And he goes, it's time to go Wombat. And, like, he pulls her away. And, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but some of the background mm. is like weirdly green screened. 
So there's a moment where like you've got all the people around the table, and then the scene behind him through the window is like green screened. Yeah, yeah, and it looks weird. Yeah, it shooting like, on COVID sets and stuff. I like. know, I know, I know, I know. But um, but, yeah. no, there's loads of little Indiana Jones moments. Like I, I had a chuckle at the bit at the start where he gets in the car to get away from the Nazis, and a bunch of Nazi officers get in behind him. And I was just like, that's that's an Indiana Jones. My favorite, moment. my favorite, like real Indiana Jones little moment was the bullet wound on the front of the shirt. They don't notice because he's giving them orders. But then as he walks away, they see that it's on the other side as well, where he yeah. shot a guy through the back. But, um, Toby, Toby Jones in this. Toby Jones, yeah, it is Toby Jones. Yeah, fucking yeah, from phenomenal, Your Highness. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal. Really good in this. Yeah. But um, no, the little Indiana Jones moments and stuff. Um, you know, they, they, they've got plenty of little things in yeah. there. And there's references to old Indiana Jones stuff, and it's not like the, do you remember this stuff? No, I liked I liked remember, his line. I you remember in friggin' Kingdom of Crystal Skull, the opening sequence that's in Area 51? Yeah, yeah. And they've got the arc. Yeah, you see the, the arc of the convent, And I'm like, fuck it, yeah, I groaned at that. But in this, there's like, there's, there's lines of dialogue instead, or there's like a slight reference to something. There's no like, here's the Indiana Jones's wall of all the things you know he ever had. Um... You know, there's little things like I, he says it's not the years, it's the mileage, there's yeah. fortune and glory. Yeah. Um, friggin', you know, where does it hurt? Where does it not hurt? Yeah. That's from Raiders of Lost Art. All these yeah. little little lines that if you're not an Indiana Jones fan, you're not gonna notice it. If you watch the Indiana Jones films, you go, Oh I I liked the It's like, not the iconography, it's little moments. There's there was there was just a tiny little moment it's like it's like don't you believe in the magic of it all? And he mm. goes like at this point, I've seen stuff that I don't understand. And, like, it's like, yeah, there you go. That's Indiana Jones. But he's not forever saying it's the magic. Skeptic. He's always like, I need to learn more about yeah, it. forever the sceptic. Forever being like, I don't get it, but it's I'm not going to call it magic because there's so much I know about this. Mm. That I know what I'm looking at. I fucking love that the spears are fake, but there is something real on board. And it mm. turns out the real thing is, like, a piece of shit someone's got in their suitcase and, like, he's not told anyone about it. And it turns out that's Archimedes' dial. I like the fact that the dial isn't a time machine. That would have fucked me off so much <laughs> if it was like a CGI time machine thing. Um, I liked the kid. I, I like think- the bait and switch they did with that because uh, there's time travel in the film. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah. There's time travel in the film. Spoilers. But I like the bait and switch that they did because I was suspect that they were going to go back to Nazi Germany because it was like... We've done oh Nazis enough. So, so and that moment where you start, when Indy starts to go, when you see the watch, that's the moment I knew when you see the, they're in the tomb, Archimedes' tomb, and he's yeah, got a watch, watch on, yeah, and like, you see the things, and I'm like, they ain't going to Nazi Germany. <laughs> I fucking like because I was expecting to. I think the film's leading you to think there's gonna he's gonna have a punch out with Hitler. No, <laughs> I, I didn't think just, that. I did but when they're in the tomb, it. yeah, and you see there's the propellers on the Phoenix and yeah, the swastikas on there, and the Archimedes has a watch on, which you never see him actually give to Archimedes. Archimedes no, 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 because it's not Archimedes. That's not his tomb. Hmm? So they've hidden the bodies of the Nazis, oh, the Nazis. that died oh, in right, the tomb. Yeah. That's, oh, fair enough. That's but what because that's not like, his final resting place. That's yeah. like that's like a red herring. But I was like. Oh right, we're gonna friggin yeah. We're not going to Nazi Germany. Yeah, and that's was cool because I was really expecting the film to end with a fist fight. No, I like, I was expecting the final part of the film to be them stopping the going on the train yeah. from the start and young Indy and old Indy teaming up, but this time Hitler's on the train, <laughs> and I was honestly expecting something like that to happen. Like no. friggin oh no, Hitler was on that train, but he got off at the last second, and Mads Mikkelsen wants to stab him or some shit. Yeah. And I was, I was half young. Indian and old Indy have to help Mad Mikkel- stop Mad Mikkelsen from killing Hitler. <laughs> I was half expecting. So you know where he goes. You haven't taken it underground. 
continental drift. I was like, oh, they're just going to turn up in France and be shot down. <laughs> and like, that'd be it. But no, like, it was, as soon as that happened, um, I was like... Oh, they're going to turn up a couple of years early yeah. in Poland yeah. and start World War Two. <laughs> Accidentally start. Yeah. Um, one of the, and then just back slowly through the port. <laughs> one of the things that I thought they were almost going to do as well is, in that moment, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is obviously in like the cargo hold. Mm. And I was like, are they going to travel through time and she's never going to know because she'll be trapped in the cargo hold the whole time? Because that's an Indiana Jones thing. Like, mm. you know, like in the, te- in, in the Temple of Doom, the Ark of the Covenant, the... Um, the the Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they lift open, and Indiana and and Marion never see what happens. They just wake up. And there's a bunch of like, well, they just open their eyes. There's a bunch of melted Nazis everywhere. They're like, well, something happened. <laughs> like, well, they didn't was, look because they were good. They didn't get judged by God. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a really good Jewish revenge movie. Oh yeah. Um, there's loads that there's a bit in that film that I laughed at when I watched it again the other week that I've forgotten about where the they got the guy with the monkey. Yeah. And he salutes the Nazis, and the Nazis salute him, and they're just a bit sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, hey, Hitler. And then the monkey does the salute, and the Nazis salute the monkey back. Because <laughs> they're fucking like, idiots. Yeah. So they're yeah. fucking programmed dumbass idiots who just automatically oh, do that. I really like. Bad dates, that bit. I really like the fact that they found that box, mm. and I was like, what's inside the box? What's this part of the dial? And it's just the fucking plinth. But then the plinth reveals more. I thought that was like a very Indiana Jones moment. That was like, yeah, uh, there's some good stuff in. There. I think they could have cut a car chase. Yeah, cut every action sequence down by half. Yep. Like, if the film was two hours long, this would be precise. It's two and a half hours. It is a bit long. Yeah, it fills it, it in does. places. Um, you know, uh, have Antonio Banderas in one of the previous films. So when Indy says, "I'm going to see an old friend," you don't think it's going to be Kihan Kwan? I. Really, really. I'm kind of liked... glad Short Round wasn't in it, but yeah, so because that would have if they had tacked him on at the end, mm. like <laughs> when Marion well, Marion turns up like, and he's like, "Hey, Indy, I here too." It's like, why are you talking like that, man? The thing, the thing is, like <laughs> Teddy is such a good little kid foil in this. Like, yeah. I really liked him as he a character. murdered a guy. Yeah, <laughs> he good killed a guy. <laughs> good. It was one of the best kills in the Short film. Short Round didn't kill anyone. Yeah, well, he might have done. He punched those kids pretty hard. No, no, he's punching the prince guy, but then they make friends. No, because the brain, because the kid, the yeah, prince was under see, the mic. You don't control. see it. The, the prince has ble- like bleed on the brain. He's dying soon. Yeah, um, maybe. but no, that kid with the handcuffs, where he gets he pulled under and he puts them in his mouth because obviously, like that's like quite a secure place to put them when you're drowning, mm-hmm. and like spits them out and just handcuffs the guy to that fucking grid. I was like, oh, because Indy keeps trying to take that guy on every time they're in a fight. Indy's like he clocks um, Boyd Holbrook quickly and he turns on the big guy and every swing he does on the big guy is like oh fuck I'm not th- this isn't working no this isn't fucking who's the guy who's because the guy who plays the Nazi in the first one that gets propeller to death he's, he's in the, each of the three yeah he's, he's in all three he's of like them. a stunt actor he's the one who gets um it was a British used to be a British prize fighter yeah um, he's the one who gets freaking crushed in the roller yep. in Temple of Doom yeah, and yeah. in Last Crusade he is in it he's what I think he's one of the Nazi officers isn't he one of the he's the one in the tank no, I think he's one of the Nazi officers around Hitler. I don't think maybe. he actually does any stunt or anything. Maybe. maybe. Um, I love that bit in Lost Crusade when freaking Hitler, Hitler takes the, the book, book and signs it. Because Hitler doesn't Nazi. know all that shit's going on. Well, he's just a fucking dumb Nazi. Yeah. They're all just dumb Nazis. Like, he throws the guy off the freaking... Even Zeppelin. Schmidt has like the fucking... It's like his name's Schmidt, isn't it? Is yeah. that his name? He The dumbest fucking plot in the world. He gets thrown off the Zeppelin and he's yeah. just like, no ticket. <laughs> and everyone starts getting the tickets. Great stuff. 
Oh, but yeah, Schmidt's just such um, a dumb fucking but, uh, yeah. Nazi. But I rewatched all the films, and so did I. Kingdom I, of Crystal Skull is like it's the first half is like pretty all right. I was gonna say apart from CGI, CGI Gopher, Gophers, yeah, that fucks me off. But like, I'm not so fussed about the fridge bit. It's stupid. No, Maybe no. they should have made it not quite so flying through the air, Miles. Maybe yeah. if it just rolled down the street or some shit. Again, it's the problem is but, the problem with that is that they like they feel the need to CGI it. Yeah, if they just had the bomb go off and then they're like they've got people in suits recovering shit. And they find the fridge and they drag it off. And Indiana Jones is there is like... But um, Red Alert Media were right. That moment he says, part-time, instead of part-time. Oh, yeah. Um, That's the moment the film takes a tumble. Because that the temple bit's fine. But after that, all the stuff with Indy and Mutt, where Indy's like subtly fathering Mutt and doing, you know, keeping him in line and stuff like that. And they're having good interactions. Dice, there's no good... In- there's not much in the way of proper interactions after that. It's all just people moaning at each other and shouting at each other a bunch. Yeah. Um, right from that moment onwards, you get the CGI cast teachers that go on forever. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, I mean, it's early 2000s green screen that, stuff. The, is... um, the horse going through the the horse going through the station looks great until CGI trains mm. and CGI jumping between the things. Like the it would be good. I think it would have been good if Indy like, jumped up through a gap in the top and just yeah, the horse don't just question what happens to the horse. <laughs> but no, like even like Boyd Boyd Holbrook again, really good on the bike and like everything that like is done with people physically interacting with these sets is great. It just it like even when they're in like they're they're in the tuk tuks, you don't need that tuk tuk chase scene. Like you have the nice little moment where Indiana Jones puts his foot against the machine gun and kills the people in the car, like stuff like that. Fine, but it just like it, it all so went on people. too. Yeah, it all went on too long. Like so. But I loved Boyd Holbrook landing on the ground and being like, yeah, I can take on Romans. <laughs> he's got a machine gun, he's gunning people down. Yeah, as soon as as soon as they went through and I saw the red flags, I was like, oh, so this is why I was taught about Romans in history class. Like they, um, they didn't friggin' show a nice brutal death for the main villains because that's, that's an Indiana Jones staple you need to Well, have. they did cut to Schmidt being fucking roasted and spiked. Yeah, he's just, like proper they're... fucked up. No, the um, the plane crashes and he just rolls out and yeah, like half burnt. And well, you just see his body. You yeah, don't see him. He's fucked up. You don't see him like you know. Well, I assume that that one Roman soldier with the best eyesight in the world who went in the other Jones and fucking him up. <laughs> like, mm. That's one of my favorite bits is when the plane goes. He's going down in his little parachute like a good mile odd off, and there's like one Roman soldier is like, "All right, this invasion's being paused. I'm getting that cunt." <laughs> like fucking shit. Goes after him, but no, I I, ju- I just enjoyed it a lot, and it is just it's about Indiana Jones trying to kill himself. <laughs> like every time Indiana He's trying Jones to find gets, a reason, to every live. time he gets the chance to just be like, "All right, do it, just do me in." Someone saves him. <laughs> He's like, "I want to die in the Roman place," and they're like, "No, you fucking idiot! You understand how time works. Everything that was gonna happen." Is already happened, including this, which is why it's in Archimedes too. Which is why you don't stay here, you dumb fuck. You got dragging back. Yeah, uh, like it was a nice little like. Can't believe they let a woman emasculate a man. I I really enjoyed the fact that you do notice a difference between like Indiana Jones at the beginning, where he's teaching and no one's listening, and then like there's that hint at someone coming outside and dragging him back mm. and it's just it's just one person knowing what the fuck he's going on about yeah being interested just, that little that whole scene's done to mirror the scenes in um, Raiders yeah, of the Lost Ark like, like, where everyone's like shit, yeah. well even in Last Crusade everyone's watching listening to him intently yeah. and all that Temple of Doom has none of that <laughs> yeah Temple of Doom is just like 
Indy James stumbles Bond. into a big adventure. No, the other two are more James Bond. No! No, the like, other two have the James Bond format. He's in the middle of a spy thing in the yeah, beginning. But, no, the other two have the James Bond format. Yeah. Like, yeah. entirely. He does this little mission at the start. He gets home. Some posh English bloke tells him about some secret yeah, treasure. Yeah, okay, yeah. And some Americans get involved and kind of fuck everything up as it goes along. Then he goes on a big adventure. Temple of Doom's good. But Temple of Doom is Indiana Jones stumbles from one adventure into another one. It's just one big adventure, Ant. And then, Yeah, there's no... Where's Where, where was friggin... Bixby or whatever his name is, Boothby, I can't remember yeah. the freaking guy's name. He had a statue, his head fell off in King of the Crystal Skull. That was a bit disrespectful. RIP. Oh, the um <laughs> the guy that always the, the translator guy. Well, the he's guy. in in Last Crusade, he's like he's like, you'll never find him. Yeah, he yeah. blends in he knows. in every environment. He knows seventeen languages. You'll never get Excuse me, does anyone speak ancient Sumerian? Yeah. <laughs> Some shit like that in Marrakesh. Yeah. <laughs> I have he bumps into Sala and you think they're going to have an adventure and he immediately gets captured <laughs> um, okay. Last Crusade's great Friggin- I like Temple of Doom I know that mm. it's like culturally insensitive but like the yeah, actual- Temple of Doom's a lot of fun and like, yeah. night, like half of the stuff you see as iconic Indiana Jones stuff comes from that film alone okay. oh one thing I didn't like about this one um, one thing that really got to me the bug scene it's just for the sake of bugs right yeah I kind of I, I think it would have been a lot better. And it, oh, in a Steven Spielberg film, that would have been a reason that someone couldn't go through there. Like, one of the Nazis would be scared of bugs. There was bugs in King of Crystal Skull as well, because bugs. Yeah, and, like, I thought it'd be good if, like, the little kid, Teddy, is, like, following them, and he's like, oh, I fucking hate bugs. And he decides to, like... Or he sees the bugs, and he's like, oh, they're coming from up here, and that's why he finds the secret little tunnels. Yeah. But just none of that. Like, it was just pointless. It was just two people going, ew, bugs! And I was like... They got a special on, like, little rubber bugs. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you need to have the animals there for a reason. Like the rats in Last Crusade, Indy looks at where they just appear to to know there's an opening when there's underwater. Yeah, you after just need, just need like taking a, a torch through the petroleum like field. He's he's <laughs> he's so smart normally at seeing the hints and clues to this shit, and like yeah. they don't they don't use it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like yeah, like you say, really good film. Oh, no post credit scene. Yeah, nice, nice. I'm happy about that. Um, oh. One other thing that really irritated me. No animated map. They do a CGI Did version of the map. A, CGI. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Come on, just draw that it. That wasn't Crystal Skull as well. Yeah, Crystal Skull, we should be learning from the mistakes made by Crystal Skull. Not repeating them. Mm. Part-time. 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 Um, uh, yo, I thought you were an archaeology teacher. Part-time. <laughs> I like the bit where he gets the knife in that. And he cuts the thing open. And then he gives it back to Mutt. Because there's a bigger knife, and he's like, "I don't want to keep boring your yeah. knife." <laughs> it's just awkward. I keep boring your knife. I bet they're friends, the best buds. They they get along really well. No, they don't. John Boyega and Harrison Ford get on really well, though. Mm. There's a lot of fun stories about those two meeting in the Force Awakens thing. There's a picture of Harrison Ford asleep in the taxi back after John Boyega took him to a Nigerian food restaurant, and like, and John Boyega's like, Harrison Ford can eat. He can eat a lot. And, like, he asks for the spiciest shit on the menu. And we're coming back in the taxi. And what happens? He falls asleep. So I had to take a pitch. Yeah. <laughs> he had to take a few days off from Star Wars. Yeah. Because he couldn't sit down in the Millennium Falcon away. anymore. Yeah. Right. But, no, like, I, I, I really like... And he's still got that charm. Like, yeah. what was missing from Crystal Skull was a lot of that charm. Like, Indiana Jones was being betrayed by people and, like, not remember really... that film was, like, Indy's old now. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like... I still... It irritates me. When I was rewatching it the other day, and the wedding at the end, why? <laughs> I 
oh, because Marion and India, true love and stuff like that. I mean, it's alluded to in Raiders of the Lost Art that she was like like 15, 16 years old when he first started seeing them. I mean, you know, it's a different time, wasn't it? I think like... It was the 1920s, it's fine. I think, so, I, I think Steven Spielberg <laughs> wanted to put like a bow on this. He just wanted mm. to end it. He was like, yeah, this is the end. Well, um, he got the same way he directed most of the Indiana Jones film. Yeah. He got bullied into it by George Lucas. Yeah. He has to do it, otherwise George Lucas would make a haunted house film. I know that, I know that like... I know that people don't like this, but this is better than Crystal Skull by yeah. a lot. And it's and you know what? Like, as much as as much mm-hmm. as like people don't like Phoebe Waller Bridge being in it, she's good. Yeah, she's she's a pretty strong contender. Well. Strong story, character story going yeah. through it, which most of the Indiana Jones films don't have, which is fine because Raiders and Temple of Doom, like you don't you don't learn about Indy much in those films, no. other than. Uh, he's a bit of a Mad Max type character in terms of I don't want to get involved with this. I'm going to get involved with this. That's what he gets in situations. Like in Temple of Doom, he was just going to escape, and then he ah, oh, fuck, the kids are there. Okay, we need to go rescue the kids. Yeah. Um, and then they, like, throw some guys into some alligators, and he crushes the guy to death. Indy! And... Indy, no! I'm okay, kid! <laughs> little wink, little wink. Short round's like, yep. Right. Chatelau getting crushed under the yeah. real thing. Kali Ma! Kali Ma! Um, but yeah, I, I really like that. Um, and I really enjoyed this. I Again, I've been watching all the Indiana Jones films in the lead up to this because I was excited to see this. Um, and one of the things that like um, I really enjoyed is just seeing like Indiana Jones being a violent maniac. Um, just fucking just killing people left, right, and center. Just great times. Nazis, get fucked, get wrecked. I definitely feel like the guy's directing it. Um, James Mangold is a big Indiana Jones fan. Big Spielberg fan. Mm. He 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 works some little things in their little touches. Yeah, uh, and it was funny to see Glasgow pretending to be New York. That was well. I was going to speak about this when we re- when I reviewed the Flash, and I forgot to. The Flash is definitely filmed in the UK, and you know how you can tell. No, oh, yeah, yeah, but they always film all those films. Like eighty percent of the actors are from fucking Hollyoaks. Yeah, you know the black lawyer at the end. Is he? He's from Hollyoaks. Is he? Yeah, and you know, like his little little like roommates. Should have got all the. Tarty girls from Hollyoaks. <laughs> but there's so many people in that, that Black like, Canary. I recognise them from fucking Hollyoaks and EastEnders and all that shit. They're all in there. And also, it looks like the UK. They don't even pretend to hide it. Like, there's double yellow lines and shit all well, over the place. It doesn't have. It doesn't have, um, what's her face? Big Mo. It doesn't Hellboy. have Big Mo. No, Hellboy that's had Hellboy. Big, Hellboy, Hellboy had, had that. Big Mo. Yeah. Hellboy's not that bad. That David Harbour film is not that bad. If you cut out the bit in the film where it just turns into another film for 20 minutes yeah. when he goes... With the knights and shit, yeah, just um, just happens. Just cut get that rid of that. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, okay, my last review. I'm gonna make it quick. Uh, so last night I I got to see Joyride at advanced screening. Joyride, which is the new film by the guy who directed Crazy Rich Asians. And yes, there's some controversy around that guy. I don't know what the, what it is. I haven't read up on it. But what I have done is watch the film Joyride, and it was a fucking delight. It's a really simple story. Um, a young American woman, she was adopted at a very young age from a Chinese, from a Chinese adoption agency by two American, American, uh, parents who can't, can't have their own kids, it seems, because they don't have any other kids, uh, when she sort of grows up. And, um, and we, intro- we're introduced to like this place where they live and it's like, got a sign, it's like white hills and you see all of these white families and all this other shit. And there's just this Chinese couple that just stand there like, so many fucking white people. <laughs> and then, like, this white couple come up and they go, hi, are you just moving into the, moving into the, into the area? Like, can our kid 
play with your kid and this Chinese couple immediately go like oh they want their kid to have an Asian friend that's weird and then the little girl comes out from behind their legs and she's Chinese because they've adopted her from a Chinese adoption agency and like this this they're like they're like do you want to be friends and the two little girls are like yeah yeah we can be friends and they go to go play on the slides and some white kid some white kid comes along and says hey no Asian slur allowed on the slides and then the little girl goes just goes fuck you and punches him in the face (laughs) And he falls back, and then suddenly this other kid comes down on the swings and annihilates this little boy. And I was like, best movie ever. Great. Yeah, and but this is the type of comedy that they can't make any now. Exactly. It's just the wokeies. Um, I saw someone complain about that. The, the comedies have to be woke and you can't do anything. There's this, and there's no hard feelings at the cinema at the same time. Yeah, yeah. One film's about potentially, like... Is it is it statutory rape? Possibly. <laughs> and, and this is like... This has we a pussy winning actress. <laughs> this this has a pussy tat joke, which has a great lead up. They're like they're like, hey, we're gonna go meet my friend. She's now an actress in like this K drama, and they've like like it's like a Chinese like a big, big like, almost like a Mexican. You know that like the Mexican like telenovela, Korean. the telenovela. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. but you know, like K dramas have like the big. They are like telenovelas in Korea. Yeah, and they have like a Chinese version, but it's feudal Japan, uh, feudal China. Sorry, and like there's all these people, and they're like they have swords and stuff. And they're like, they're like, my wife is so pure, you'll never have her. And it's like, no, she will be mine. And then like, and then like, he takes her off of him. The guy just immediately goes, without her purity, I don't want to live in this one. Just slits his throat and like blood everywhere. And just, yeah, it's a real romantic show. <laughs> anyway, so it's dropped as a hint that this girl has a pussy tattoo. And like an hour and 10 minutes into the film, one of the best jokes in the movie is you see it. And it is, there is there is no way to prepare for this because at one point someone says it's a little daffodil <laughs> like someone else is like it's like I need to know it's like a flower pot is it like this is it that and she's like guessing the whole trip to China and like and then like finally you see it and it's just oh, it's fucking phenomenal um, but yeah all through the film great jokes some incredible shit like some of the some of the jokes are really funny as well because it's obviously like it's all about heritage well, it's like, good if some of the jokes are funny in a no no some of the jokes are fucking. <laughs> mind-splittingly funny like they are fucking ridiculously good there is a there's she plays corporate squash which is like just basically like a really aggressive way to just people beat the shit out of each other and they're like they're playing squash and like these two guys are just fucking slamming the ball at each other one of them gets hit in the dick and like her manager sitting next to her just turns around and goes ah your dick's been obliterated bruh where's your dick now it's dust and she's next to her she just chimes in and goes yeah your dick is dust bruh it's <laughs> on the floor like probably fucked up by this um but no there's um there's an incredible joke where like she's like she's like um because they all get together like as they're adults the parents are still hanging out and obviously like they're, they've got the kids that connect them but they're all like quite friendly and it's a very sweet relationship but like she's like she's like you're not into chinese shit like this is like and they're like having rice cakes with like the red bean paste in the middle and, and she's like, you won't like it, it's Chinese shit. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, but I like some Chinese stuff. She goes, no, 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 you're white as fuck. Like, you you know all the characters from Secession. And she's like, she goes, there's Logan. She's like, okay, all right, shut the fuck up. Um, but there is, um, so really surprise, like, sort of towards the end, um, is that it does, despite the fact that, like, a lot of the jokes lead up to this, so there's, like, shit jokes, there's vomit jokes, there's, like, there's a joke about them trying to prevent, there's, there's like, a scene on a train where she comes across the first American tourist that she's seen in China and she immediately trusts her despite her being the shadiest fucking person I've ever mm. seen in a film. And they're like, 
They're like, oh, the police are going cabin to cabin. Why are they going cabin to cabin? Because there's someone on board who's trafficking drugs. And she's like, all right, you bitches. You are helping me hide these drugs. Goes, Wait, it's you? But you're so sweet. <laughs> like, no, she's not. And there's one character who's like, who's like, you've had so much stuff up your asshole. You can do this. And she goes, she goes, I don't want to stick condoms full of cocaine up my asshole. You will do it. And you will do it like you enjoy it. And you will do it now. <laughs> and then like afterwards, they're fishing them out. And they get to a hotel. She's like, She's like, I fished out seven. I, I think I put eight up there, but I, I I can't be sure. I think it was seven. She's like, okay, okay, it's fine. But if you find any clean bags of cocaine, can you give them to me? Because that was phenomenal. <laughs> and they get into the hotel. And the first thing is, she's like, she sees a guy she like used to fuck. And she's like, she's like, I'm not going to fuck anyone. I haven't fucked anyone for three years. I've been with my boyfriend. He's like this big Christian guy in China. So we're just, we're just, we're taking things slow. I love it. I love him. I'm going to like, I'm going to do this properly. Like I'm a big star. I can't. I can't fuck up my name. And then, like, she sees this guy she used to fuck, and, like, immediately she's like, oh, it was eight. And it's like, what happened? She goes, I saw him, and it broke. And, like, that, and her eyes just go <laughs> wide. And she's like, okay, makes you really horny. <laughs> and, like, the rest of it's her just trying to avoid. There's a devil's threesome in this film. Two guys, one girl. Yeah. There's talk of Eiffel Towering. There are so many vomit jokes and just, just fucking fantastic lines. But, yeah, like I said. But it's mainly, mainly a cast of women, so it's woke. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they get to the end, and there is, out of nowhere, Daniel Day Kim cameo. Yeah, he's Always in nice Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> and it is a heart-fucking-breaking scene. She goes on this whole journey to find her birth mother. He's like, in Hellboy. He was. There's, like, this whole thing. She goes on this journey to find her birth mother and, like, track her origins because, like, the businessman in China, she's there to close a deal with for a law firm. He is, like, very much, like, family-orientated, and he's invited her to his mum's like big family party because it's her birthday and there's going to be like loads of people there and he wants to close the deal there but he wants to meet her family there because she she accidentally lets lets slip like oh I'm going to meet my I'm, I'm friends with my birth mother I'm in contact and they're like and he's like okay well then you bring her to my party I'll sign the deal I just want to see that you are committed to family and like that's how we do business and um and like like as soon as you get to a certain point in the story, they're just like they're like you're fired, and they just drop all that shit, and it's just her dealing with this emotional, like just the fucking bombshell, and it, like seeing it, and it genuinely affecting, brilliant piece of film, and it just, you know, like how like, um, I'm trying to think like, comedies comedies in like the nineties, they would have like big moments of like, just ridiculous emotional weight to them, like you would have like long. Long bits of just like just you stupid. have the bit where the best friends hate each other now. Yeah, like the Farrelly Brothers comedy, like that yeah. sort of that sort of template. And you would have like an emotional moment where like things are difficult and they like they overcome adversity. In this, it just goes no fuck it. This is probably some of the best acted shit that we've got in this whole film. And the film's not badly acted, but it's the best acted shit we've got in this film. And it is a woman like giving a message to her daughter. And it's just it is heartbreaking. Like, I was genuinely about to well up in the cinema of the scene in a fucking comedy in which I had just seen a pussy tat that made me laugh so hard. It was very audible in the cinema. It is fucking incredible. I cannot, cannot stress how good the pussy tat joke is. It's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it just, just really good film, really strong, really interesting character. There's like character growth and there's like actual shit in this that like people do stuff and actually grow as characters and it's funny and like, oh, these fucking people being useless. Like this won't, people won't see this. It's like, it's, it's, it's not like full of like a lot of the characters in this. One of them's like a West End star. One of them was in Emily in Paris and shit like that. Like it's not 
like big name actress, and I just don't know if it's going to do well because I don't know if it will do well overseas. Aquafina. I'm glad it doesn't. They put her in all the Asian films. Yeah, they put her in Little Mermaid. She had that song Scuttlebutt. I Was still she? fucking. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Joyride. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Tom Atkins because I haven't seen a comedy in theaters that's actually made me this fucking happy in a very long time. They don't release comedies anymore. No, they don't. They just the fucking ropes. don't. They just go to they just go to streaming, don't they? Yeah, and they're fucking terrible. Yeah, a lot of them. Um. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I went to see a straight up comedy in the cinema that no. wasn't like a superhero comedy or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a long. It's it's just strange, time. isn't it? Like I just don't think they're as marketable as they used to be. No, yeah. no. I used to go all the time. I think I remember seeing American Pie and oh yeah, American Pie. There's another one. Like yeah. American Pie has like actual emotional growth towards the end. The characters grow as people, except for Stifler. But that's part of the joke, I guess. Um, Stifler's mum gets some growth off again. She does off of uh, Paul Finch. Yeah, Finch. Stifler's mum some growth. Yeah, she's got it going on. I never saw American Pie Reunion. I never watched did that. you not? No. It's actually not bad. I did see American Pie the wedding. Band Camp or Naked Mile, one of those two. No, don't watch those. One of them. I saw one of them. It was bad. Don't watch those. They yeah. are bad. Uh, but yeah, Joyride, just what a fucking surprise. And it was like a nice little, it was one of the screen unseen, so it was like a pre-showing of it, because mm. I think that they're like, it's out on the 3rd or 4th of August. Mm. Um, it's worth seeing, though. Like, it, it takes a oh, lot. Shit, Mission Impossible's out next week. It is, yeah. That's how I need to one, of the, one of the really nice things is that, like, if you have any interest in going to any other countries, because they do go to China, they also go to Korea briefly, mm. um, like, they shoot those places beautifully. Even Paris, actually. They go to Paris at the end. Mm. Like, there's like a little flash-forward scene, and it's all shot fucking magnificently. Like, they I don't went know. to actual places. Yeah, and like the way but they why? shoot you could it, just shoot in a in a big volume. Well, set. that's that's kind of the thing. Like, there's a moment where they in Korea they go to a like a graveyard, and I was you know like nowadays graveyards are like one strip of tombstones and then the rest is green screened, mm. or it's that really fucking terrible like flat green land, and they've just got a tombstone planted. Well, on I used it to and film a lot of um, graveyard scenes on the um, Warner Brothers movie lot. There's like yeah. a there's a little forested area. Buffy the Vampire Slayer's. <laughs> <laughs> all the zon- all yeah. of them in the same yeah. Yeah. the same like five foot stretch. But of- this like, do you remember yeah. like I think probably probably the most famous example of this is like like when you shoot an actual great because I know that there you still have to get releases and shit, don't you? That's the weird thing is you still have to get releases and Step stuff. On for the that stuff. Um, but like it's an actual graveyard and it's, it looks beautiful. It looks incredibly serene and like the way that it's set up and stuff is just great. Yeah. But um, the the one that strikes me is I still remember the way they used one in American Wealth in Paris. They visit like a massive, like a massive graveyard in Paris, and they—I don't think they got releases for it. But it's just like they just fucking run around that place, shooting, shooting scenes, and it's just—it's fucking terribly shot. You willingly watched American Werewolf in Paris multiple times, mate. Yeah, John Landis. John Landis is a monster, and I don't give a fuck what his opinion is. I bumped into him once. Yeah, you did. Yeah, with a helicopter. No. I bumped into him. I was like, "That's John Landis." I should ask him about a anyway. film while I'm right next to him, and I couldn't think of anything other than Twilight Zone. Did you not? So did like, you not I'm not going to say a thing to him. To ask him about Twilight Zone. How's Vic Morrow doing? <laughs> um, this has been Chris Bogle's episode 215. Um, as 214. What's that one joke? What's the worst thing John Landis has ever done? Was it the killing Vic Morrow and two child actors, or his yeah. son Max Landis? Max Landis. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Critical Podcast episode 214 you can find Ant at Mellow Gaming on YouTube you can also find him at uh, Ant Spot Collection and also World Wars Out on, tu- on Twitter and LV54 Space Monkey on mm. Twitter you can find me Critical Apocalypse everywhere and you got anything you're looking forward to you just mentioned Mission Impossible that's pretty great are you going to get Pikmin 4? nah any games you are looking forward to? 
Uh, cool. I've got to play right. AEW Fight Forever. Because it's in the title, it's Fight Forever, I can't... I might get Aliens Dark Descent. I've heard it's good. Or I might finally get Midnight Suns. I don't trust any Aliens games now. No, nor do I, no. no. Not since... Uh... Where's our sequel to Alien Isolation? Yeah, give us that. Yeah. It was on... Oh, actually, it's on phones, I've got it. Crave Assembly keep making games that cost less to make, don't they, instead? Like Total War games. Ugh. Actually, what if they did a sequel to Vikings Battle for Asgard? That game was fucking rad. Wait, was that the one that was just like a big open field? You went around track? Yeah, but it had that whole Freedom Fighters format where if you destroyed like weapon encampments, they wouldn't have as good weapons in other bases and stuff oh, like that. Oh, God, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I remember it's well that. good. Well good game. And they had like, it, it was one of those ones that also had like hundreds of enemies on screen, didn't it? Yeah. It was like, yeah. Solid. Good times. Anyway. All right, anyway. Um, suck a dick. Yeah, get fucked. Boris Johnson fucks kids. Rishi, Rishi Sunak probably does too. They're all pedos. Yeah. Fucking sickos. Yeah. Horrible cunts. Right. What's libeled? <laughs> what? Which one's libel again? Libel. Libel. Yeah, which one's libel? It's when you say stuff where you can't back it up, like you haven't, you haven't got the evidence. Nah, Boris Johnson definitely fucks kids. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. evidence out there. Yeah. 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 All right, have a good one. Well, I mean, um, Dominic, is it Dom- not Dominic Cummings? George Osborne. Yeah, he fucks kids. Yeah. That's he actually, fucks, fucks actual kids. Yeah. There's that email. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't quit. They haven't, you they haven't see, see, they threw some orange confetti on him. Yeah, and he's and kicking off got about being so insult. upset. It's like a bit of confetti. Fucking scumbag. Considering the stuff that Just Stop Oil usually do. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite polite. I wish them. it was a rock. Yeah, I wish it was just a fucking brick. Yeah, take him down. Anyway, have a good one, you. Bye. Bye.